0: WaveKey was created by Brad Gerlach to help improve your surfing. WaveKey is a land-based systematic surf training method for all surfers for all
1: levels. Check out wavekey.com that's w-a-v-e-k-i.com. Pada Sushi, a new sushi place here at the Albertsons in Newland Center. Your go-to spot for grab-and-go sushi handmade fresh daily. You can get all your favorites or get something custom. And make sure to
0: stop by on Fridays for the $5 special. Pada Sushi. At Albertson's in the Newland Center off of Beach and Adams. Foo Wax. The wax that's found under all of the best surfers on the planet. You mean late night? Always under my feet. And Chalky? How do you think I pull those big airs? And Layback Lars. And those laybacks. Wait, whoa, 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 we're not doing the 90s again, are we? I don't do those anymore. Fu wax, the best wax in the game. Fu wax. Asahi, not like all those other imitators using sorbet full of sugar. Yuck! They also get their honey from a and bee pollen from a bee farm. Healthy and delicious. No processed honey. What also makes them amazing is that they roast and make their own peanut butter. Damn, they've got seven locations. And download the Bonsai Bowl app to... Skip the line. Skip the line. Order
1: ahead. Bonsai Bowl, healthy, delicious. Caliente Southwest
0: Grill. Healthy Mexican food featuring local organic ingredients. They also have great salads, vegetarian and gluten-free options. Wow. Yep. Don't they also cater and make party packs? They do. They have all your needs for all your events. Nice. Visit calientesouthwest.com.
1: Or go to the restaurant in Costa Mesa off of 17th Street. Caliente Southwest. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Crafted in San Diego. It's an adult beverage built for all walks of life. Bro, you've had it. I've had it. It's delicious. It is so good. It's refreshing. Only a hundred calories, all organic, no sugar, also gluten-free with 0.0 carbs. Hashtag enjoy cold Ashland hard seltzer. There is a saying that you don't stop
0: playing when you grow old, but rather you grow old when you stop playing. Iconic life is an adventure-driven company that seeks to embrace life to the fullest and to never stop playing. Check out their natural hemp CBD
1: products that help those that believe in that philosophy. Check out Iconic.com Spelled I-K-A-N-I-K Again, Iconic.com
0: Or on their Instagram at iconic life. Also supported by Octopus the massive corporate juggernaut octopus making stuff for people who actually surf friends and family brothers and sisters welcome to the late night with chucky podcast this week's guest is hot hot so hot so hot (laughs) he has a larger life personality he's witty and he's hilarious hilarious yeah i get that he he... (laughs) He's done the Billabong webcast, interviewing all the surfers on the beach, yep, up done close that. and personal. Triple crown of surfing. He was a
2: rep. Did that for a long time.
0: Yeah. Lots lots of brands. We'll talk about those. He's ridiculously good looking. Blue Steel. <laughs> I got a great face for a podcast, for sure. <laughs> he was involved in Realm in the 90s. He helped co-found Von Zipper sun- sunglasses. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And he loves surfing, skateboarding, snowboarding, music, motorcycles. And dressing up. Yeah, whiskey, wine, song. What do you got? Yeah. I'm ready for all of it, man. And he's the loudest guy in the room with or without a megaphone. We welcome... <laughs> what do they call those guys? The circus, like... Uh... Hey, let's welcome our guests. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Go Go ahead. Welcome Greg, GT, Tomlinson. Yeah! Oh!
2: Thank yeah. you, JLR. Thank yeah. you, LC. You G guys, I. To the motherfucking TV. What up, oh boy? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. How many times well, does that go down? Well, uh, well. first of all, thank you guys for having me like on your podcast. I'm like flattered. Like, when Lyndon reached out to me, like, hey, you want to be on our podcast? I'm like, why would you want me on your podcast? Oh. But I do have a story to tell if oh you got a little God. bit of time. Your body all work. Are right, you kidding me? Um, That's why. And, You're being and, way too <laughs> fucking humble. It doesn't and, work around here. And to the point, JLR, how many times have you heard that? But Lyndon worked at Hanging servants Sport and over the years as a rep and stuff when Lyndon was kinda of managing and holding that spot down every time I walked in there, my the fucking tea! And I'm like, God, did Empire that? You might be bummed out. Yeah, you're fired. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> I'll see you didn't show up anymore. Oops, okay, anyway, so Yeah, Lyndon's loud, but you're really
0: loud. And I yeah, love it. It.
2: Well, I think I'd like to think Loud may be mistaken for optimism. Okay. Yeah. So, so I'm, well, yep, positive I, things, yeah. Yeah. I'm having fun. And I'm sorry for everything I say and do and the last bad word I've said, but, well, but most of them are good.
1: Dude, thank you for having us in your beautiful home here in Dana <laughs> yeah. Point. It's a
2: house of learned doctors, you know, motorcycles, guitars, surf shit, yeah. snow shit. It, like it, everywhere it, it you look, look. It's an extension of your personality yeah. and love. It so really is. It. Everywhere yeah. you
1: look, you're like, holy shit, that yeah. looks interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we
2: got neat photos, you know, Larry Moore on the wall. and, uh, and Larry, Yeah, bless please. his heart, and Greg Knowles over here, and... There's goofy guitars and weird street yeah. art. And, um, yeah, no, it's it's comfortable. And, you know, I live with my three 20-year-old sons. And, and, you know, they keep me young. I have a good time with them. They have a good time with me. You know, we watch... You know, I learned about Billy Eilish last night, and that was pretty fun. I probably would have never known about it without my kids going, dude, you're kind of off the bubble on that one. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I think I saw her at Coachella a couple years ago. That was kind of neat. Whatever. Okay. I but think, anyway, so I it's, I a, good, it's, a, it's a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just found out about it. Okay. Even though I saw her at Coachella, I was stoned or something. But anyways, yeah. it was a lot fun. Yeah. So, well,
1: GT. Yeah. yeah. We where do we start? Where do we go? Yeah. yeah where do we go? Let's start at the beginning. Okay. Where do How do you, how'd you okay. find surfing?
2: Okay. So, so presently, I live in Dana Point, and I've had the same house for the better part of the late 90s. And, and prior to that, I grew up actually living in Mission Viejo, all right? And for those of you who don't know better, Mission Viejo is probably about 20 minutes inland from Dana Point or San Clemente or whatever. And so I grew up as a Cueva, okay? Okay. Cueva. Um, yeah, Cueva was what somebody uh, somebody cool like Brian Archibald, Matt Archibald's older brother would call me, you're a Cueva. Because I was a dude from inland that but I spent probably more time on the beach than they did because I fucking was just horny as fuck for it. Right? Yeah, I took twenty <laughs> you yeah. took twenty minutes to yeah. get yeah. here. I'm no. sitting here all day. Hey, no. Is no, 20, Spanish? no, who the fuck knows what Cueva is? <laughs> okay. But that's what I was. And the point being is, um, um, I would take the bus to the beach every day, like during the summertime, man, like oh, I twenty five cents.
3: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu/podcast.
2: I can't remember what it was. I think it was bus line, 90, bus line number ninety one, and man, I was there, you know. And, um, um, and you. Uh, that was probably that really kicked in when I was around twelve. Prior to that, because I I grew up um, because because I was inland and all I wanted to do was surf. I can remember the first. My very first surf mag, and I still have it. If you guys want to do a surf mag archive, yeah. Uh, very first surf mag I remember was the Surfer Mag cover. I think it was PT doing a layback on the pink board, and from that moment on, that first cover, that first shot, I think that was '76. I just was like, this is this is me. Wow. Now the other thing is living inland. Um, I skateboarded a ton, and so so again, the early skateboarder magazines, you know, Warren Bolster photos. Of um, uh, God, who was it? The Logan Urtsky people and Ty Page, and um, um, but anyways, I grew up. You know, Greg Weaver actually lived in Mission Viejo. He wrote for Hobie at the time as a skateboarder, and so I was just fucking rapped yeah. over all that shit. And I I did play some team sports, which which I wasn't bad at, um, but I never liked to be yelled at by a coach. And so so you know, I like uh, was like the I was the. And on defense and a fullback on offense and I could play football. But I, I was like, these fucking Nazi coaches. Sorry if Nazi is a bad word these days. But I'm like, what the fuck? I don't want to be yelled at. All I want to do is go fuck around, you know?
3: Yeah.
2: And um, and so that I, they kind of lost me when they started yelling and screaming at me after I thought I did something good. And um, and so so anyways, all I did was skate. And that's where it really started. And that was the glory days of like early skate park time. Like Concrete Wave. Um, actually, pre-concrete wave. There was a spot not too far from here called Escape Country. That was one of the real early um, skate parks, and it was it had a motocross track, escape park, hang gliding. But anyways, it went, and it was a real big reservoir ditch thing, and a kind of funny. That's cool. Yeah, it was super rad. And so, and we're talking like ball bearing. Right, right at the evolution from clay wheel to ball bearing is when I got into skate. And um, and so, so because I was an inland guy. Uh, that's all I did. I just skated all day. We were building fucking goofy ramps and shit in the driveway that you'd like do a kick turn and the thing would fall over. You know, <laughs> dad's tools in the driveway yeah. for three weeks. The D- every- verts a
0: ninety degree angle. Like- you crazy, right?
2: <laughs> and, but but that's that you know that really predated pool skating, and it was like goofy wooden ramps, kinky weird stuff. But that's what kind of set it off, and and shortly thereafter, when the whole kind of Dogtown, Tony Alva, Jay Adams thing exploded, I was like, fuck, this is it. Like, those guys were just outlaws and and something that I just... So
0: styling, so hip. And and they
2: surfed and they were badasses. and, um, And so that wrapped me. And right around that same time, it's funny because in that same window, I remember me and my dad bought... Matching boogie boards. Okay, they were more <laughs> boogie boards, but at that time, they you bought them in kits from like the hardware store. That's what we heard. Yeah. And we like literally me and my dad glued up the, the you know you had to contacts and up the surface onto the foam and you know the I don't even think we had leashes yet. And this is right at the ta- that transition of like foam or not foam mats, but the inflatable mat shit. You'd go down to like T Street on a Sunday, and there'd be two thousand people in the water on like inflatable mats. And in the space of a summer, it went from inflatable mats to boogie boards. And, um, and so I was bring those
0: back just, for, no, no, it's super for, fun. No. And, and just people do, and Hey,
2: animals. retro men, you know, people are showing up with that shit now yeah. and and it's kind of cool or whatever. Yeah. And so anyways, with that being said and done, I, I, I did, I was surfing at that point. However, it wasn't until I kind of really started getting horny on a boogie board that I'm like, fuck man, I need to surf. And, yeah. um, and it's funny because I live now about a mile away from Doheny, and um, and I was stoked because I had I had a, my best friend at the time. His dad was kind of a tool guy, and he was shaping his own boards, and so I got one of his hand-me-downs, and so we started going to Doheny. And again, this is kind of 75, 76. Yes, I'm... Oh, I should say at the top of this, I am the world's youngest 55-year-old. I am horny as fuck. Like, I, like, And this has really been my guiding light for the whole goddamn thing, right? Yeah. So... Started surfing Doheny fairly whenever we could get down there, and my parents were super rad. They were beach people, so we you know we do Wednesday nights at T Street and <laughs> Doheny afternoons, and so they were always pretty pretty involved. In yeah, the they supportive. were they were they. I wouldn't say supportive as much as they enjoyed it, so we were always along for the ride. Yeah. And, and same with they grew up skiing, so we were always in the mountains skiing. At a, they started skiing when I was three, so so we were always fairly active. They're outdoorsy, and then it was fun. And so mm-hmm. I can remember some of my earliest memories at Doheny. Um, um, you know, right when you start kind of clicking in, um, and this was kind of again right, probably right before I got that PT surfer mag thing, but I was kind of figuring it out, and it was it was super rad because a good friend of mine to this day, a guy named Pat Allen, I can remember it clearly, and you guys probably know Pat yeah. from Huntington, yeah. and NSSA and. Four covers of surfing magazine and His dad is Chuck and, Allen. and Chuck yeah. Allen started an NSA, yeah. subsequently started the um, USASA for snowboarding. Anyways, we can get to that at a point. And anyways, so I can remember at a super young age, Pat was just this ripper at Doheny, and he was young then. He probably had a couple of years on me, but I remember getting shit from some older guy, and I was you know I still am a kook, and and so I got, I must have gotten tangled with somebody, and I remember Pat being a younger dude and just. Side me, you know, like, and I like, so I don't even think I had my balls had dropped yet, you know. And so, so I, I it was super rad that Pat I could remember it clearly stood up that for stood up for me at that time. And then, if you fast forward maybe five, ten years, we became besties at the beach and kind of ran the show at Salt Creek as much as we could run the show at Salt yeah. Creek. You know, the guy I don't want to sound like I'm some black short guy, but the point being <laughs> is, it was kind of funny that I my one of my earliest surfing Bombed memories it. of somebody yeah. ripping. That then we became fast friends, you know, driving to Rincon at three in the morning, smoking fucking a half ounce of weed on the way there. And, like, he was just motivated by it. And I couldn't untie my shoes in the parking lot. You know, so, so, so anyways, so I grew up, I grew up ultimately horny because I caught the bug and it just never stopped. And so. So wait, so, let's go back. Yep.
1: What was your first Florida hand-me-down? Okay, so,
2: so for I for can beer. remember it. It was my, my. Buddy's dad shaped it. It was um, just some red rail, terrible thing, of um, single fin. Oh, you know, single, yeah, single yeah. fin longboard. Um, uh, no, it was, it was, it was kind of a turned down, like kind of gunny board of that period. You know, it was probably seven six or something. But and I did have, I, man, I had it for a really long time. And then I also had a South Coast log that that i called the eliminator that um again i could barely carry it was so big so once i had those two boards that i would kind of ping pong around so i grew up kind of on that hybrid of a single fan and i really couldn't turn it because the board was so shitty but then i also had the log and it was a glass and you know that, that again that south coast period three stringer classic longboard which is probably worth a couple grand now um those boards man i had those forever and um and, and so that anybody can relate that surfs or snowboards or rides a dirt bike or any of those things that the first time you kind of can paddle into something or get on the throttle or drop in and it connects, mm. you know, once you get that channel where it all of a sudden you're like, Whoa, this feels right.
3: Yeah.
2: Fuck. That was it for me. Yeah, yeah. And, and the hugs. same with skateboarding. It was like, once I figured out how to pump through and read a transition, I'm like, Oh my God, yeah. this, is there anything better than this? Like, yeah. And, and so so for me, um, that's really where it starts and stops. And and it, like I was saying a minute ago, like about Doheny, I live about a mile from Doho, maybe three quarters of a mile. And... And I've always I, I go there all the time. Still, I ride log and fuck around, and it's such it's such a rad place. I mean the water's shitty, and there's you know beginners and tourists and guys that were modern ripper longboarders and but but it's I've always say this every time I go there, I'm like, God damn it, this is the first place I fucking surf and it'll probably be the last place I surf before I die. It's yeah. just one of those spots, and it's it, you go out there with no expectations, and it's always fun. Yeah. And and if anybody gets heavy, like you know, I'm the guy who catches. I can probably catch my fair share of waves, but I'm always like some goofballs on the shoulder. I'm like, catch that thing, grab them, pull them in, ride through. Like, and if I see some ripper, like giving some beginner shit, at, like I'll get madder than that. If somebody
0: hopped me on a good day at Rights a point or something, I'm like, you
2: can't say that at Doheny. Yeah. You yeah. know, the and, times have
0: changed with that, the whole attitude in the water from localism when we were kids. Yeah. to Now you can't Ooh. really localism. Well,
1: hardly yeah. ever exists. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hardly, hardly. okay.
0: Hardly. Listen, mm-hmm. the, the, You know But we grow up immature. You can't can't snap at somebody for a two foot Doheny wave like you can't do it. It's just not allowed. All right. And so so it's funny
2: because I really have as much enjoyment doing that as I do trying to like, Oh my god, I just surfed eight foot Belzy or whatever. Like like I, I I will have fun no matter what. And to the localism point, yeah, there was a time when I was a jackass and I I and I I regret some of those times because because one thing I found is I always caught more waves when I was just happy and goofy. And I was going to catch my waves no matter what. Yeah. And and again, Salt Creek is kind of my base spot for a long time when all the surf industry used to, when Larry Moore would shoot there every day, you know, it's like, hey, this is my spot. You're not, some out-of-towner's not going to come and get my wave at my spot. I'm sure Jay got a cover out of it. I never fucking did. Okay. <laughs> but But the point being is, is I was going to get mine no matter what. And I always felt really shitty when... I got agy. all of a sudden my fucking flow stopped, and all of a sudden I stopped catching waves and all of a sudden I'm arguing with somebody yeah. like and three waves went by I'm like yeah. fuck, I got no time for this shit Karma. and 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 you know again, I, I ran a shop here in Dana Point for a long time, and it was always one of those things that that like, man, I really felt like an asshole if I fucking tuned some guy in the water and then he comes in to buy a surfboard yeah. for me. So I just fucking, I got off that shit pretty quick. Yeah. Um, and I always laughed at the people that did. Now, don't get me wrong. If one of the boys got fucked with inappropriately, like, hey man, you, any spot's gonna do that. You take yeah. care of your own. Yeah. But but I always laughed even when my homies started getting all heavy. I'm like, what the fuck does that serve? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Now, okay, if I'm a Hawaiian, And I live at Backdoor, and I'm there all fucking year, and every the whole world fucking shows up god damn it they deserve every fucking wave they get okay so make no mistake about it okay yeah, like yeah. like there is a pecking order there's an hierarchy and as long as you fucking understand that yeah. then fuck we're all good here yeah. because I know uh, listen I'm never getting a wave off a of fucking danky aloha backdoor fucking pipeline like what the fuck but I'm not it was never yeah. stupid enough to yeah. try and do that yeah. you, you don't know? even look for the wave he even looks at you don't well, even learn, it, it's yeah. just and if, <laughs> as long as you know better and, and when we get to Hawaii if we ever get there god willing how much time you fucking got but the point being is I would show you know, I started going to Hawaii. At first, my first no, trip to Hawaii let's, was. Let's stop well, there. And but go my back. point being is, it, I'm the most optimistic dude in the water 99% of the time, and it was always. In that window of black short Hawaii time, I was always like, "Okay, don't look at anybody." Don't. But I'm the guy who's like, "Fuck yeah, dude! You just got barrel out of your mind." Hey, Johnny boy, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, eh, because I'm just out to have some fun. If I get one fucking great, but I'm happy to see somebody ever, else get it. I've been that. looking at these waves in the match forever, and yeah, now I'm here watching you he guys yeah. get spit out. Yeah, this is like, exciting! This, this, this is the this is best awesome. day ever. You're right? like
0: Chris Farley. Remember that barrel you got? Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, no, right? <laughs>
2: so, so, anyways, so, so at that time, I was. I was um, horny as fuck and, um, and got bit and getting to the point where my parents were always, you know, I was the youngest of my family and I was. I, mean, the th- siblings. I have two older sisters. And so they'd spent a lot of time corralling my sisters. So by the time that I came along, they were like, dude, do whatever the fuck yeah. you want. So, so I was riding the bus to the beach, ditching school, fucking off. Like, I, I dude, all I want to do is fucking surf. And, um, anything I could do. So again, I I can honestly say that nobody was like the the people that lived on the beach, bless their fucking heart. They took that shit for granted, man. I did not. I rode the bus to the fucking beach and goddamn it. I milked that thing. I got there at seven and fucking left at fucking seven. You know, like I, there was nothing that was going to get past me on that beach. Right. And, um, did you, did you go on the bus with?
1: Uh, yeah, I surf had surf boy?
2: shit. Yeah, and as it evolved, mm-hmm. so the people that called me a queba. Um, <laughs> as it evolved, and and again at, at that time that was a lot of T Street, and so at that time um, that crew down there it was pretty rad because I f- kind of got a bit of a feel for it, and I was pretty fucking good. They're good enough to get a little bit of respect from the local crew. And We're um, about T Street, yeah, T Pit, and, um, and this was before T Pit actually. It was T Street then, but the the old bridge. And so, so um, I became friends with Brian Archibald, who's Matt's older brother, and um, and we became homies enough to where he's like, dude, just leave my shit, your shit at my house. So I was really fortunate that I just, and, and subsequently is- leaving my shit at Matt or Brian's house, because Matt at that time, shit, if he was fucking eight, that, who knows? I mean, Dino literally was like couldn't have been more than six years old. I mean, I remember that rolling around, on, you know, eating sand and whatever else. But it was super... It made it really convenient for me because I could leave my shit yeah. at Brian's house. And they took me in. And...
0: You're showing up with local. I got more waves. Locals. And, yeah.
2: And, yeah. you know, and and all the Queba girls were the cute ones. And they all wanted to hump them. I knew them all. And so it all just kind of worked out, right? Cueva. Um, yeah, Cueva. Yeah. Cueba. I, and you know what? Call me a Cueva. I don't give a shit. I, I am what I am. So, <laughs> so, anyways... um, As it evolved, what kind of going through all that at the point where I was probably 15 ish, um, and it was time to get a job, my my dad's like, Oh, you love to surf. Why don't you get a job at the surf shop? And I was like, Did you ever get sponsored? Um, I I was right on the edge of sponsorship at that time. And so, at 15. Yeah, around 15. Well, okay skateboarding if i take a quick brief, brief step back yeah skateboarding that concrete wave within that kind of first wave of skate park opening i was kind of pretty good at skateboarding and so um that was where i got my first taste of sponsorship there was a skate shop here in town or just in laguna niguel called woodline woodies and again it was right at that logan earth ski ball bearing urethane wheel time um that i was a little ripper they recognized it And, and again, it was right at the edge. So I got my first little taste of sponsorship
1: and um, sponsors as a a little skate. uh,
2: Exactly. And it was super rad. And, Mm -hmm. um, and again, that was another thing that I'm like, this is what I want to do, you know? (laughs) And so, so, uh, and again, looking at the mags and, oh my God, and uh, dual tube of Sean Thompson and Mark Richards off the wall, you know, like busting down the door, like this was my shit. Right and so um and pt who's i know has been a guest on your show i mean like these are my guys like fuck,
0: that's who we all at. and so
2: so um so at the time that i so i had a little bit of juice going with skate and i could kind of i've started to figure out surf and and so um and i will say my first my first surfboard i ever bought from a shop was a Danke aloha single fin six eight double bump swallowtail and i swear to god I fucking slept with that goddamn thing, man. <laughs> like blue rails, white deck, three stickers, like goddamn, I mean, I have spent an
0: hour putting stickers on it. Well, no, I, well, it had laminates. Okay, that's how it laminans. came with okay, lamps. Yeah. Okay. Town But I think
2: I added about 15 more town and country <laughs> stickers on it. And like Larry Bertelman and Buttons, those were my guys, yeah. you know. And so, so, anyways, that was my first bought surfboard. But at that point, six eight, yeah, it was six eight. And but Damn. when I mind you, okay, dudes, now we're talking 77, 78 maybe. Yeah. Okay, so six eight was not fucking uh, that big. Uh, yeah, it wasn't relative yeah. to what the trends were. You know, we hadn't gotten the thrusters or tw- even twin fins yet. You know, some people were surfing rocket fishes or knee boards, but they weren't. It, it was still single fin time. Like and so like the iconic photo of Dane. Waikiki, I think it was probably number threes, layback, tropical water, I think he had a headband on, yellow board with the fucking kind of... Anyways, those are the things i yeah. dreamed of, right? Yeah. And so so anyways, around the time I was starting to like, you got to get a job, um, my dad was like, why don't you go work at the surf shop? And so so there was a surf shop, Infinity and in Laguna Niguel, it was right off the freeway, um about a, a block like I was on Oso Parkway. It was at Avery Parkway. It was one freeway exit down. And I had at that point maybe bought a board or two from them. And um and so I went in there and, and they kinda again knew a little bit who I was because I was kinda gaining a little bit of a reputation as a ripper. And um Dan as much Bain? as that. Uh well Dan okay. So Dan and David Bainey hadn't even been born yet. Okay. okay. <laughs> and but Steve and Barry, their parents, um,
1: fucking took me on you know and so i started as a shop guy so and can i go back yep of course so your personality is fucking <laughs> am i
2: over speaking i'm sorry no no no.
1: <laughs> your personality no just as a grom that probably yeah. you know yeah did you, you have are, this that's like, never changed vivacious yeah what, what the fuck yeah i just wanted so, to go fucking get rad so this kid's like,
0: hip, hip hip he rips skateboarding surfing and, and obviously and i like i like the mountains yeah and i was the gift of gab
1: early on dude I had hair to
2: the middle of my fucking back and all I wanted to do is smoke weed and fucking get rad okay like like so so anyways so I start working at the surf shop Can you shop. imagine young GT <laughs> walking into
0: the Oh no the, the shop hey Here, I'm going to run you, this place don't yeah. worry about it no, yes. just, what do you going to sell It was
2: super <laughs> neato because the point being is I had a natural I had a natural knack for it, and the but sense you're, you're, that it, I just wanted to talk about shit I was passionate about. Yes, that's it. And you're that's, passionate, right? And so, so somebody come in and talk surfboards. Fuck, man, what do you want to know about? Like, I got this. Okay, fucking rocker thickness, volume, and we'll, this is even before we really talked about volume. But, but the point being is, I understood that shit, yeah. and it just so happened that Steve again, because if you remember for the Huntington <laughs> people, there was that was Jay Larkoffing COVID. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> uh, Steve had that shop in Huntington Beach. I mean, that son of a bitch probably. St- Shaped thirty thousand surfboards by nineteen seventy-eight. Like that guy deserves a lot of credit for kind of shape or family tree shit. And um, and so we had a shaping two shaping rooms at the shop. So I got fairly, I got I got fairly I understood surfboards design, yeah. and I understood design, Functions. and I slowly but surely figured out what I liked for me. And therefore, I thought I could translate that to people that were coming in the shop. And and we were pretty successful with it. So that and, was your first job. Yeah, and so so um, I did briefly sand baseboards for the aforementioned surfboard shaper contractor dude. You know, like he was a contractor, so I would do, you know, get paid, you know, five bucks an hour to do terrible grunt work. But but my first real job at retail was surf. and um, Infinity. Yeah, at Infinity in Laguna Niguel, which I was there, fuck, uh, probably... Eight years. And yeah. and um, and from there, I went from kind of first lowest man on the totem pole to, um, you know, slowly evolved into um, uh, a buyer and a manager and all that shit. I had keys, whatever. And then they opened up a shop in Dana Point, which at that point, I'd already moved down here. Um, um, and so they opened up a shop in Dana point And so that became my store. And meaning that I helped them open it. I bought for it. I, you know, I was that the yeah. ringleader of that yeah, shop face,
0: face of the shop yeah which
2: me. was super fun and and my home base was salt creek at that time
1: so it worked out and and so you were kind of in the infancy of skate of, industry business kind of
2: yeah yeah like like right. surf retail and 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 mm-hmm. as we opened up dana point um what were you selling do you remember like well fuck okay right. we sold a lot of um okay so first and foremost, Infinity. Was and still is. They fucking sold surfboards, right? Yeah. Now Steve was pretty rad because he shaped sick ass fucking longboards before, you know, when longboards were kooks. Yeah. He shaped sick fucking longboards, but he also shaped like the holes of the Prindle Catamaran. You know what I mean? He he was an early windsurfer, so we sold windsurf shit. Yeah. Like it was a lot of surf hard goods. Yeah. And um and again, kind of Primo wetsuits, O'Neill wetsuits, that kind of time frame. Um, that wasn't really apparel centric. At right. that point, but, but yep, we sold like, you know, the, the early days or the kind of death rows maybe of the OPs and the lightning bolts, but more into the next generation of Quicksilver, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, um, but, but again, it was walk in, smell the wax kind of shop. Yeah. You know what I mean? As we evolved into Dana Point, um, because through all that, I still skated and all that shit. That we did have skate. Um, and that was kind of second generation where the boards got wide and stuff. And so I sold a lot of skate there
1: too. Um, so uh, did and, you ever do skate contests?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. No. Yeah? Um, yeah. Um, it, the, the I think the series was called Castle back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yes, and, and I did... And, and again it starts early days it started out like slalom and high jump yeah. and and fucking freestyle like doing daffies with two boards and <laughs> shit like that. And then slowly <laughs> but surely it evolved into more kind of vert, uh, Technical vert and stuff. Yeah, vert. And and um so so but at the point where the Vert contest thing started happening, um I was a punker and I didn't want anything to do with competing. I just wanted to get fucking rad. Yeah. And so, so, um, but so one thing shape, that yeah. was, yeah, yeah oh, that. absolutely. And man, I lost friends over that shit. <laughs> um, but, but the, it, um, but the point being is one thing that was a big turning point for me in skate was we, there was a shop or a skate park in Mishmio that opened up an indoor one called Skateboard Odyssey. And that was where, like, fuck, man, that was my spot. And at the time, um, the park at large was pretty bad. But one thing they had was they had this fucking clover bowl that was, like, head and shoulders the best fucking bowl, right? And so every touring pro came through. And so that's when I got to know Jay and Tony, because again, I was still kind of youngish and a bit of a ripper. So, and so I you're could. You're
1: talking Jay Adams, Tony Alpha. Yeah,
2: exactly. Sorry, TA and, and Jay and yeah. Adams. Yeah. And those guys were, you know, Z Flex, you want to talk about it? That's like, again, another thing I slept with at night. I like couldn't get into Shogo Kubo. Like, that was my jam, yeah. you know? And so, so, anyways, so, so I always had that percolating. So when we came to the skate shop or when we moved to Dana Point, there was a lot of surf. Mostly hard goods, but again, uh, the 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 apparel brands of the day again the the strong ones the Quicksovers and the Billabongs and that Pirate Surf and blah 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 whatever we I was I was I'd like to think I've always been a fairly early adopter so we always kind of had the next generation brands and, yeah. as well as kind of the stuff that was cash cow stuff, um, but interestingly in that Dana Point experience and again I told you earlier I grew up you know in the mountains as well like my parents were avid skiers so um, at the time. Um, Vision Vision Streetwear came through. That was Ugh. fucking massive. Jimmy Z's, all that shit. Um, um, but when Vision Streetwear hit, um, I was buying a lot of skate stuff, and um, and I can't remember the distribution company name, but it was Vision and all the all the skate shit. And one day, I talked to my rep the phone lady rep a couple times a week. Oh, I need some more bearings and how about some Powerflex wheels or whatever the fuck it was. And um, at one time she called me and she's like, hey, we just started distributing um, this brand called Sim Snowboard who I knew Tom Sims from skateboarding. And so I was like, oh, fuck yeah, rad. And she's like, well, we just got them and, um, you know, do you want any? And I just seen this video of Terry Kidwell kind of doing like uh, Donner backcountry kind of like quarter pipe shit where he was doing hand plants and shit and I was like oh I'm fuck on yeah. a snowboard and I was like oh fuck that's like skateboarding yeah on the spear, snow so and I already, was in yeah. snow and so I was like oh fuck this guy's doing skateboard moves uh-huh. in the fucking snow I'm like oh shit so I said hey man I'll buy one and she's like oh well they come in a three pack and I'm like okay give me fucking three and so, For the store or for yourself? For the, snow, for the store. <laughs> so that I remember that day, the three snowboards show up and let's say the three pack cost 275 bucks, right? Well, the snowboards came in and so I'm unpacking them and Steve, the shop owner's like, what the fuck are these? What did you just do? And I'm like, don't worry about it, dude. I'm buying one right now. And that was the winner of 83. And so, so at that point, I'm like, well, right, if I fucking own one now. I got to sell these other two. And it's funny because at that time, this dude, a good friend of mine, was doing these ski tours to Mammoth. And no so no resorts locally allowed snowboarding at that time. And so so my buddy was like, just so happened I buy this fucking snowboard. I'm like I just bought a snowboard, never done it before. Um I, you know, Sorel boots, which I already had, had so I'm like, okay. And so a buddy of mine who did these ski tours was like, "Hey, I'm doing the ski tour in Mammoth next week," and he like did a bus tour up there. And so he's like, "Hey, I would help him out sometimes and get free tickets and fuck around a little bit." And so, so he's like, "Hey, I'm doing the ski tour. Do you want to help me out with this one?" I'm like, "Ah, oh, fuck yeah!" And I'm like, "Hey, I just got the snowboard. At that time, I was riding Atomic 207 yellow boards, dude. The banana boards. They were the shit, right?" And so, 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 anyways. So I'm like, hey, I got the snowboard. Do you mind if I bring it along? And he's like, oh yeah, well, you can't really bring those on the resort yet. And I'm like, I know. And he's like, but dude, I got a snowmobile up there. We'll go, we'll go fuck around. Uh, and you know, off of Red Meadows, we'll go fuck around. I'll take you out on the snowmobile. And I'm Dang. like, okay. So my first day snowboarding, this is no joke. First day. First day snowboarding. Literally go out on the fucking snowmobile and, and we rigged like a rope off the back and he tows me behind the fucking snowmobile. And so we're going out on the snowboard. I'm trying to figure it out. But the good news is, well, two Are things. Are you strapped in? Yo, yeah. Fuck yeah. it. I'm binded up. Yeah. And so I'm getting towed along, like, I guess if you were a tow surfer or something, you know, I'm, so I'm like a water skier. I'm like, you know. me. And the good news is, the boards had no edges. They, you know, the like, the, you know, the, it was fucking like, you know, it was reverse First fucking generation. camper. Yeah. This is, the, I would call it second generation. Okay. Um, only because, you know, Winter Stick at that point had, you know, like there was earlier boards. But this was right when they were starting to figure out, okay, metal edges are a good thing. Yeah. And, um, and so anyways, so I get towed out. And luckily, it was so forgiving, I couldn't really grab an edge. And I was going fast enough so I could just kind of stand up on it. By that afternoon, he was slingshotting me into like little hits and stuff. And I had it figured out by about half that fucking day. And I was like... This is it, wow. all right. This is
1: it, and so what's funny is at that time and you, you, yeah. you got enamored with it with the video seeing from seeing guy, Terry, Terry Kidwell.
2: Kidwell, which which in my garage
1: then, I have a poster that he fucking
2: signed in 1986 in my garage <laughs> to this day. He was one of my fucking north stars for snowboarding, right? Yeah. And so, so well, you
1: he, you had no help. Figuring it out. No, fuck no.
2: I just so I saw just Terry and I'm it. like, I can do this. It, you it, know you're what surfing
1: I mean? and skateboarding
0: yeah, down
2: the mountain. Right. And so what was rad at that time, this is what's so funny about that. So at that time, I was like, and, and there was, you know, he got me up high enough to where I got a couple little powder turns. And again, it was super forgiving. So I could kind of get enough speed to kind of get an edge and all that shit. And, um, and I was like, oh, fuck. This is it. Because now, mind you, at that time, if you were a surfer, you are a fucking surfer. Yeah. And if you were a skateboarder, you were a fucking skateboarder. And those groups did not cross-pollinate. Right. And it was interesting because I was always a good enough surfer to be cool with the surf crowd. But I was a pretty good skateboarder to where I was cool with the skate crowd, depending yeah. on where I showed up. But the funny thing was, I was always the kind of surfer that showed up to the skate crowd. Like, oh, look at this fucking surfer. And then I was always the fucking skater that showed up to the surf party. So I was always this kind of odd fucking albatrossy fucking dork, right? But one thing that...
3: At least commonly, I can kind
2: of do it well enough that where I kind of fucking like at least you you might I might show up in my fucking bright surfy clothes, but I fucking could skateboard, right, and and vice versa. So so anyway, so um, at that point, that light bulb went on, and I'm like, this is the thing that is going to fucking unify the whole fucking tribe. Like immediately, I'm like Snowboard. Hey, yep, each each triangle. So if surf was a each corner of a triangle, surf was a triangle a corner, snow was a triangle, and fucking skate was a triangle. I'm like, this is the best of fucking everything. Yeah. Like this is where you could combine the whole fucking thing up. How I, I so remember that's Dana the, Point. Yeah, that I was living in Dana Point that time. I got I got kicked out of my dad's my parents house when I was seventeen he found a quarter pound of weed in my room and that sucked and he's like well you either pour it down the toilet or you're out and i'm like i grabbed the weed and i'm like i'm out and so so anyway so i moved to Dana points when i was 17 but anyways um i'm holding a job down dad and and, and by the way um (laughs) kids don't let that be you but anyways so so anyways so at that point i was like this is the future yeah and so that was winter 83 84 um, I think the, there was a real small group, I think 84, 85, um, Pat Allen was one of the early guys in on that shit that who I aforementioned, um, and his dad subsequently started USASA, which was the, which was the kind of governing body of amateur snowboarding at that time. um, I believe... God, uh, they were involved deep in everything. Yeah, it was super it's rad. So Chuck cool. was a fucking visionary, man. Rest in peace. He was a rad fucking guy. Yeah. And, he and, was a Huntington surf... Hey, He was the Huntington
0: team. surf team coach. He, he, would take, he would take... I was in junior high. They would take... My brother was four years older. He was yeah. in high school. He would take 100 kids camping RV. This was when Mexico was loose. Yep. And we'd have... Fire. We'd have skyrocket wars and, and, and firework wars in a, in a field like right outside of La Fonda. Exactly. No, right there at fucking
2: yeah. Alacitos. That's yeah. where everybody went. Yeah, right? you're like um, loose. But so so at that point, probably '86, I um I won the SoCal championships. For snowboarding. snowboarding. Yeah. And and at that time, I, I, mind you, at that time, I surfed NSSA. I never. I was. I, I, I always felt I surfed better than most of the people, but that was like, and no disrespect because I surfed with them this morning. Like Mike Parsons, that dude was three to the beach in his UGG boots with the fucking Beach Town sticker, <laughs> and I was like, I'm trying to do fucking Harris. you know what I mean? Yeah. And and um, so you weren't confirmed. Uh, yeah, I just you know you I made I, I made a couple I made a couple heats here and there, and I did the whole series and I prepaid for everything and fucking did them all. But I I was never a contender like Snips was, and 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 he deserved every bit of it. Um, but that at that point. Um, through that and through surfing and shit, I I was I, I understood how to kind of work with media again. Like I said earlier. Saw so Creek was the fucking the, the the mecca for fucking surf photography at that time. Larry Moore Flame was a photo editor at surfing and he set the bar for surf photography. That was his spot that he always shot because the lighting was so fucking epic as it was this morning to this day. It was a Larry Light morning. But the point being is I understood I got a few shots in the mag surfing and shit and I got a couple shots skateboarding. Well, tell,
0: tell us uh, Yeah. what was your first shot? Like, um well Performers? Uh, well, yeah, yeah, no performers time frame. Um
2: it was well i'll tell you the the first shot i didn't get how about that <laughs> so so again aforementioned um so in the skate time period i might have gotten a who's hot way back in the day right okay which was kind of a fun little thing yeah and so so that was pretty neato as a kid i like again skateboard Odyssey kid so then so then as a surf turkey showing up at Saw Creek all the time. Larry was shooting every day, but every pro was always going to get the shot. And at that time, the, the, you know, Kevin Billy. Um, Chris was a little younger than me, but Chris. Mike Crookshank, who's probably the godfather. Um, Pat Allen, of course. But that, all, those, all those, we got a lot of exposure out of Saw Creek because of how much Larry shot there. Yeah. And so it's funny because aforementioned to like, out of town are showing up and getting the shot. So mm-hmm. at that time, a good buddy of mine, um, Hank, uh, Snack Bar Hank, who was a Queba too, so we aligned really well. Um, <laughs> he started but, shooting, but he was shooting, yeah. and he was kind of Larry's intern at that time. So, so the mean cl-
1: snowboarder or a kneeboarder, right? yeah, yeah, and he was yeah. a kneeboarder at that, time.
2: <laughs> and uh, but a punker and a fucking rad guy, you know, and um, and so and to this day his photography is amazing, and so so um, so. I always had a bit of an inside scoop because Hank worked at the mag and he was one of my best friends at the time. So we always, I always kind of had the scoop on what was coming. Uh-huh. And so so one day me and Hank fucking connected on one. And um, and he was like, a couple of days later, he was like, oh shit, GT, we got a fucking shot, man. You got the fucking shot. He,
0: and he, I, he got a process and he, Yeah, so he, it
2: was laid out. I had the fucking shot. And so, so I was like, dude, do not fucking tell me that until I see it in the fucking magazine. Right. right. And so, so anyways, so the mag comes out and I, <laughs> oh my God. You know, I was working at the shop at that time. I'm like, where the fuck, you know, what? like that was the thing. The mag came in. That, that's all you did that day. And fucking, there's no fucking shot of me. Right. Oh. And I'm like. Motherfucker, And this is pre cell phones and shit. So whenever I saw Hank next, I'm like, well, dude, what the fuck, man? Like, yeah. where's that like, shot? Yeah. Like, you dude, I thought I got the out. shot. And it was a, you know, I got like a full tube moment. Like, you know, ground like like, know, was probably two foot close out. But the point it being is I had the moment. Yeah. And, um, and he's like, sorry, GT. You see that shot of Chris Morrow? And I'm like, yeah, he's like, dude, that was your shot. Ah! And I'm like, I got hooked for Chris fucking Morrow. And no disrespect to Chris, but fuck that dude. He was from fucking Central Cal. He fucking showed up and got the fucking shot over me. I'm like, I'm the logo. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? You're right. He's more of a quibble than I am. Yeah, yeah, no, well. (laughs) I would never call him, he probably lived on the beach. I don't know his total backstory, but I know he's a surf geek and became a fucking editor of a magazine and blah, 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 blah. So, but the point being is, so then I'll tell you another funny one was, okay, we fast forward a little bit. So at the time I was sponsored by Gotcha. And, um, wow. yeah, which was super neato. I was, I At was that always, time, yeah, that was it, huge, right? that it was huge, right? It was fucking so huge.
1: Did you get sponsored for surfing? Surfing, okay. surfing,
2: surfing first. But then I was also, uh, subsequently they did a snow line and yeah. that was a snowboarder. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, but this is, and it's not too far in that, in that window. Um, but I was a gotcha guy when gotcha fucking shit on every other brand, right? So, and they used the fuck out of me, man. I got all kinds of fucking ads and, and you, billboards. Really? And it was fun. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. Dino would get the shot in the fucking Lycra fucking, you know, banana hammocky shit at that time. But they would use me for the lifestyle shit, right? And I got, so I got a fair amount of play and it was super neat. And I was always accessible to them, right? Yeah. So anyways, so, so, the, so in that window when Potts was making his run at the titles... Pots would come to town for the summer, and Crookshank, who was the team manager at that time, would be like, "GT, just go, keep, keep just hang out with Pots. I yeah. got to go to work." Busy, yeah. Just hang out, Entertain with him. And, um, and 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 of course, Martin was like one of my favorite surfers in that oh, era, of course. but hands down. Were you? Were you just like? Oh no, well, at first what? I was starstruck, and then we became best mates. Like, hey man, he's got a goofy tattoo. I took him to go get it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he uh, I, I, I probably covered it up because it was pretty bad. But and the, but the point being is, is. So, summertime's with Pots. And so, one morning, um, dude, fucking clear as day. One morning, I, I was like, Pots. The, the night before, I'm like, Pots, there's a big fucking South Swell. We're going to go surf Strands. It's a fucking wedge. Like, it's going to be fucking epic. He's rolling his eyes. Yeah, yet, right? Or yeah. He's, no, he's no. High. And he's like, fuck, we're doing it, right? And so, so, we get up at fucking five in the morning. We're fucking, and at that time, Strands, now it's all developed out, but you just to have to run down this fucking sand duney you know, overgrown hill shit. And so, to see the way to kind of get, get down away. So we get all the way down the beach and it's, like I said, 5, 5 in the, 530 in the morning and we get to the spot and it's fucking going off, right? And, and dude, out of the fucking bushes, Pops fucking Larry. Okay, flame, And, and I'm like, how the fuck did he know? Yeah. Because, it, like, Pops and I were probably, like, frying on acid the night before when I'm like, this is gonna be fucking epic tomorrow. Whatever. And out pops Larry. I didn't tell anybody. I don't even think I took told Crookshank that what we were doing. So so and that was Crookshank's spot at the time, by the way. And so anyways, so out of the bushes fucking pops Larry. And we're like and I was like Damn, well played, homie. Because like, yeah. at that time, there was probably not a bigger surfer in the world than Potts. Yeah. He won the title that year. I have as one of his world title boards in my rafters to we this day. we talked about 89? Uh, yeah, the blue Hawaii O'Neal, blue flame, yeah, purple yeah, yeah. flame boards. The I have one. I think he won Steamer Lane on it, actually. Anyways. This is 89, though, right? Uh,
3: yeah, it 19? must have
2: been. Yeah, I was going to say probably late 80s. I, whenever yeah. he made his run, and it was all in that window. I can't tell you specifically it was the year he won the title. But it was in that window of when he was in the hunt. So, anyways, um, but the but the blue way the blue rail blue Hawaii board is a title year board. Yeah. Anyways, um, anybody wants to buy, give me a call. Um, anyway, uh, at, Locky. G- yeah, yeah, at yeah, 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 Lock um, at GT at Instagram. That's five E's, GT five E's. Okay, anyway, so so um, so Larry pops out of the fucking bushes. Me and Pots go out. Fuck waves are going off, Right. and same thing. Cra- and this is like slide photography time, right? So crazy fucking waves, and I know I got my fair share, and of course Potts did too. So, anyways, so similar experience where Larry. Hank's like, Hank's like, you know, dude, that strand session, you got the shot, and I'm like, I'm like, really? He's like, not only did you get the shot you got the fucking poster, right? Uh, And remember, like, the center poster? Yeah. And I'm like, like, okay, the cover was everything, okay? Like, you got the cover. The next best was... Dude, you got the fucking poster. It's like the biggest fucking thing in the history of big things, right? So I'm like, like, oh, fuck, I got the goddamn poster. And I'm sitting there going, I wonder if it was the cutback or the fucking... Like, I'm trying to relive what it is. So very similarly, the mag comes out, and I couldn't get to that fucking poster quick enough. I rip it out. (laughs) And... It's a shot of Potts. I actually think, I seem to recall, he might have been going right, okay? And Strands was predominantly left. He's got the cliff, just like, it's just unique. So, but the funny thing is, and I could be wrong, I'd probably dig it up somewhere because I have it. But the funny thing is, I'm sitting on the shoulder like yelling at him. (laughs) So I'm like on the shoulder like, ah! And Potts (laughs) is just doing one of his classic like gaffs. And I was like... Fuck you, Hank. <laughs> I'm thinking I got some tube ride shot, and it's me goofing on the shoulder of oh yelling at pots, you know. And 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 quite honestly, that that's is. been my experience. Um, in terms of in terms of, I like I said I got a few shots, and we fucked like whatever. That you know, like it was big deal at the time. Whatever. Now I'm just humbled by it. But the point being is, I've always had this goofy, and everything. Surf, skate, moto, like I've just had this goofy ass fucking Forrest Gump experience where I was just Johnny on the spot because I was just fucking around and having fun, right? And so, so, again, I can't tell you I fucking led anything, but like, hey man, I think I handed Kelly fucking probably five or six fucking of his world titles. You know what I mean? <laughs> and again, I was fucking, we sponsored a kid named Jason Lawrence when he won the Supercross title. And fuck man, I toured with Sean Palmer when he won every fucking snowboard contest. And if he didn't, Craig Kelly was a mate of mine. All he wanted to do is talk about surf. So I've always had these goofy adjunct relationships that I was just kind of around greatness. And I'm not saying I was great. I just happened to be in the right place at the right time, and so, so, so it just kind of birds of
1: a feather flock together, and it was kind of
2: fun, right? (laughs) And so, so for instance, so, so we're talking about that snowboard thing. So in '86, I won the fucking the the goofy uh, SoCal Championships for USA whatever, and so, so, and the winner of you you ride for Gotcha. I was riding for Gotcha Snow at that time and simps. Which, which to me, you know, it's to be able to ride for Sam's... Yeah. Again, that was Terry Kidwell, um, uh, uh, Kevin Delaney... Um Fuck. I mean, they were the uh, Tim Wendell, like goofy tie dye, fucking one piece suits. I mean, it was oh, fucking. Oh, nice. the
0: one piece suits. Dude, that's yeah, good you're in one right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean, well, this
2: is hey, this this is because when we get done, I got a fucking transmission to pull out of a motorcycle. Okay, <laughs> I'm wearing a coverall right now, guys. Um, well, I would like on a, trend right a, now. Right? Is it yeah. good? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, my butt looks tight in it. So, anyways, so 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 I turn pro. OK, and pro at that time was like, oh, yeah, GT will give you three snowboards this season. OK, and gotcha was giving me clothes. And, yeah, I was getting a little bit of money from them because because I kind of witched a deal out of them. But the bottom line is it's just all fucking piece together. Right. Yeah. And so, so I'm wait, like, wait,
1: wait. yeah, so you did a bunch of contests. Yeah. Amateur contests. Yep. And then that
2: evolved into snow <clears throat> ripping. Now, mind you, that at the same time, I was still managing the shop. I was going to San Diego State to the North County campus, so I was commuting a couple of days a week to get my bachelor's degree. You're so I was kind of, I was kind of piecing everything together. Yeah. So um, you were
1: going to college simultaneously. Yeah, you?
2: yeah. It was, and it was, all, but, but again, North County, San Diego. So it was an SDSU campus in San Marcos, which I think my year I graduated was the last uh, business shit um, at Saddleback College. I had a radio TV minor, which will play into a funny story in a minute. Because um, they had a really killer fucking TV radio studio at Saddleback, which I was super interested in. So, so but what happened was initially I thought I'd become some producer director type, um, and and the dude who ran the program there, Jim Lane was his name, which was, was a super rad mentor in my life early on. Um, he was like, you know, the only way you're going to become anything in film and TV at that time was you had to go to USC, and and he's like, and he went there, he's alumnus. He's like, I'll get you in, but you got to come up with the dough, you know. Oof. And I'm like, oh, good luck. That's like trying to become a movie star. I'm like, yeah. okay, a good luck. So anyway, so so I'm doing all this shit. I turned fucking pro. And the first contest that particular year, the first contest, if I recall correctly, well, this is the first contest I did that year as a pro, was the Mount Baker Bank Slam. And that was probably the winner of 87, 88. And so, so the dude, there was another dude who was like my competition, main competition for the championships here. Um, He was probably better than me, to be honest with you. But I just got lucky, or whatever went my way. At the last minute, he backs out, and I'm like, okay, fuck this shit. I got a Chevy S10 pickup truck with a camper shell. I'm fucking going. I'd never been to Mount Baker. All I knew is, you know, this is a this That's is a long drive. Yeah, this is pre fucking internet. So, man, it was like you had your fucking Thomas guide to like try and figure out where you're going, AAA maps yeah. and shit. So I'm like, fuck it, I'm fucking going. So I drive straight to fucking Mount Baker. I show up, and there was a spot at the time, and I didn't know this. It just I lucked into it. There was a spot in town at that time called the Chandelier, which was the bar in town. Okay, and so so I literally roll straight into fucking Baker. Uh, or I guess the town of Glacier technically, and and I roll into the fucking Shandy, and it's the veritable who's who of fucking snowboarding at that time. Like it was the night before the bank slalom, so I'm talking. Craig <laughs> Kelly was there fucking with pitchers pouring everybody beers. Get Hetzel and Tina Batsch are playing fucking pool. Um, Sean Farmer is out front panhandling entry fees to get into the contest. <laughs> like Dan Don Dan. Dan Donnelly, who was a fucking huge dude at that time for K2, was hanging out, super suave motherfucker. Um, and Mike Rankin a young Mike Rankin punky fucking Mike, um, was, was there too. And so I come walking in, and at that time, I was... Did they know who you... Did you have They had no fucking idea who I was. <laughs> Fuck no. I, it's like the classic hot dog, the movie dude. I just showed up and like, you know... Who's Yeah, like, who's this fucking idiot? But the point being is I was a punker. Yeah. Okay, so I came in. I think I probably had pink hair, a dog collar, a jean vest that I still fucking have with all the patches and shit on there, all my favorite punker bands. And so I walk in looking like, you know, somebody from fucking the Anti-Nowhere League or something, you know, and, and it's funny... Because immediately Rankwood's like sees me and he's like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" You know. Next thing you know, Craig's pouring me beers and we're bullshitting. And and I I was pretty good at foosball from my um, skateway experience back in the day. And um and so me and Rob Moore were playing fucking foosball together. Rob Moore. Yeah, which Rob Mora and I snowboards. became. Yeah, more snowboards. And so Rob and I Snowboard. became Rob and I became really good friends from that from that foosball tournament, which worked into a whole aspect of my repping career because I have repped Moore for a long time. But anyways. By about midnight that night, I'm in the back of fucking... Rank. No, it was Donnelly's Donnelly's Jeep, Ranquit and Shotgun. I'm in the back, hammered as fuck, and we're going up to the fucking Baker at two in the fucking morning, drunk as fuck. Check the course. With, just... with, yeah, with Nirvana blasting at fucking 5,000. And... Um, yes, was it that? Yeah, it must not be that. But the point being is, I'm like, fuck, okay. Yeah. And, and again, I, I was super humbled... At that time, the way the baker thing worked is you would they you know there's 300 fucking people right, and so so you do a cut. There was first day was the cut run, and if you made the cut, then you could race for the trophy on Saturday. And I was super fucking stoked that I made the cut. All right, so I made the first day. And let's say if they took 100 riders, I might have been 97th. I did not give a fuck. You made the cut. I made the fucking cut. (laughs) And if I recall correctly, it could maybe it was a later year, but like one year because I, I think it was too early for Turier, but what maybe it was Rob Morrow but one dude fucking made the cut going switch or fakey and, and he was faster than me going fakey you know but I was but I made wow. it wow you know? And but and the snow was epic, and we're hiking the fucking hemispheres, and we're hanging out at um, the Mount Baker fucking yeah, snowboard shop, alive. and Steve Graham's fucking there, and we became great fucking friends. Like it just all of a sudden, I'm like, this is fucking awesome. Like I just and felt that like your I was. That was my first fucking trip to snow. So so me. from that from that um um what happened was um at that time. The snowboard tour, so at the, on the surf side, it was the PSAA, which I'm sure, Jay, you probably did a little bit of shit yeah. on that. Okay. And then uh, as a spin off, they did the PSTA, which was the North American snowboard tour. And so there might have been six, eight stops the following season for this tour. And so I. Uh, so wait, did you finish your story? how did you do? Oh, fuck. I ended up fucking. I, I, I you don't made even the know. Cat. Yeah, I'll, I, it did not matter. I probably, you made again, the day. like I said, I probably got 98 out of 100. Like, okay. the, the point being is, it didn't matter. I made the fucking second day cut at the Mount Baker Bank Slalom. And, and God damn it, I raced against my fucking heroes. You know yeah. what I mean? And, um, and so it was kind of neato. And so, so the next season, this tour starts up. And again, I pieced together a little bit of dough. And at this point, like I said, I might have finished school at that point, and And I was piecing together a few things. I, might have, I can't recall so if I like, bailed the shop yet. But the point being is, I had a little enough freedom to be able to go do the tour. I'm kind of impressed that you
1: went to school.
2: Yeah, dude, I hey f- <laughs> fuck off, man. I I fucking graduated on the Dean's List Magnum fucking cum laude, man. I like like it's funny because subsequently listen, I enjoyed school wow. mostly because there was fucking girls there, okay? And then I'd always study up with somebody. But the point being is is I enjoyed. I've always been kind of inquisitive. Yeah. But there's certain things that, hey, you, whether you're an English guy, math guy, or a fucking science guy. There's certain things you fucking align with, okay. But the point being is, it's a very I, pleasant surprise. I enjoyed getting those. But what your college like,
0: are taking classes? You're hopefully enjoying. For I,
2: I I went down to so my I ended up getting a bachelor's degree in I was a BA I believe and so so I got that with a marketing emphasis out of San Diego State and then. Um, and, and again, um, um, I, I just felt that was a ticket you needed to get punched. And it's funny because subsequently every gig I ever got after that, uh, it's like okay hey man you got the job and I'm like oh by the way I got a bachelor's degree and they're like fuck you just go out and sell some shit All right? like, <laughs> like it never really factored into anything other yeah. than that I do think it's important that that's a ticket that you need to fucking get punched yeah. because it shows some discipline that you can see something through yeah. and, and I do think that that that's that's an important part of, of uh, as much as I think well, traveling is important yeah. because you get you get a real a whole world view of things yeah. I think that understanding where shit came from and how it fucking comes together yeah. I think is important
0: and for most the relationships you build and, yep. and the, and the like minded people, yep. but you know, you're getting that through snowboarding, surfing, and skating, and everything else. So <laughs> it's fucking epic, right? Yeah. And like
2: I said, and you can maybe hump a cute chick with studying fucking statistics <laughs> or something, right? So, so, anyways, so, um, so the tour starts up, and um, I did uh, the first event that year, I think, was at Squaw. And what's what's your like, what's the event like? It's it was fun. Slalom okay. Okay, no, 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 no. Yeah. Okay, that's a good question. Yeah. Okay. So back in those days, PSTA, and I can't remember and somebody's gonna correct me and call me as an asshole, but I can't remember. I think the half pipe contests were Saturday and the and it was always a race on Sunday, whether it was a slalom, a dual slalom, yeah. or whatever it was. So but but one day was one day was freestyle, one, one day, day was race. was race. And and at that time, man, those if you guys you guys are probably familiar with like the pipes were like like tacos with lanes in it. You know, like the hits were like super defined. They weren't very good, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it was just what it was. Uh, you know, the pipe dragon hadn't been invented yet. God love Frank Wells, right? But the point being is is that the the pipe, I recall, and this might have been the second year of the tour, but the point being is I showed up at Squaw and the pipe was super shitty. Oh. And so at that point, I went to the promoter. And, and it's funny because at that time, again, from doing a little bit of PS... AA surfy shit and doing PSTA snowboardy shit that the group at that time that ran that shit on, on TV, I think it was prime network at that time was this company called Dynacom. And I knew those guys, they were based in San Clemente. So they were the people that, that filmed everything. And then, and it was prime ticket. Right. And so they were the people that, they were the people that ran that shit. And so they knew me as a surfer, so I always got a little bit of a like. They'd interview me like, oh, how's the conditions today? And I could always speak fairly eloquently about like, oh, well, well, the conditions today are, you know, whatever it
0: was. <laughs> but you're you're accessible and yeah. accessible and they knew among me. your peers. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh. and they knew me,
2: and yeah. and I was, again, I, was I ever going to beat Craig Kelly in a fucking snowboard contest? Hell, fucking no. But but could I? Was I reputable enough to make kind of a final cut? Yeah, probably. So anyway, so I go to fucking Squaw, and the pipe is fucking shit, right? right. So I went and found the promoter, um, and I'm like, "Hey, yo, man, uh, you know what? Just forward my. Con- I'm not going to do this one. Just forward my entry fees to the next one, yeah. Which was bachelor the following weekend. And so, so at that point, it's on. I'm drinking fucking beers, throwing snowballs at people as they're fucking practicing, like, like. And again, at that time, I was riding for Sam's, and like I was super homies with Sean Palmer and and that group and Hetzel and. Uh, Brett Johnson and like there was the Rankits of the world, the Chris Roaches of the World. I'm not even sure Chris was there yet. But the point being is that was my group, right? Mm. Not the fucking jocks. And and truth be told, I was always friendly with Craig, but Craig was kind of a jock. You know, like like what I would liken Craig to is a same thing with skate.
0: Yeah. Hey man, I
2: respected the fuck out of Tony Hawk, but he was a fucking jock. Christian Assoy, on the other hand, he was a fucking rad, fucking styly dude. We would kind of jokingly call him Rooster Boy because he was kind of the puffy chested yeah. fucking dude around the contest, but the best style ever in the history of fucking style. Yeah. But Tony would win, and so we'd all be like, fuck that, you know? Yeah. So, anyways, so I'm throwing snowballs at the side of the pipe. Well, at one point, the, 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 um, promoter? The promoter, dude, thank you. Comes up to me, Craig Etledge, and he's like, "He's like, oh, hey, GT, we're looking at your bio, and it says that you uh, have a radio TV minor <laughs> or something." And I'm like, "Well, actually, that might be wrong. I kind of did it. In a Couple, I did two years of it in junior college." Yeah. And he's like, "Well, and oh fuck." And Rock and Fig was the announcer at that.
1: Oh, time. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, and, yeah, and he does everything. Well,
2: at that time he did because and that was the head only head guy head. they had. That was the guy, and and. I love I, I love fucking fig For but sure. let's face it you don't know fucking fuck all about snowboarding <laughs> right so so anyways so they're like well our, our announcer can't show up today so would you mind doing you know you have some experience And I'm like so yeah fuck I'll first, do it yeah yeah well and, and mind you um, when we were at the shop when I was in we ran a, a community serve contest every year out of infinity at Saw Creek and I always hosted it so I could bullshit all day yeah. about fucking yeah. surfing it was too easy and I knew how to like okay coming up next heat number five you're in yellow you're in blue whatever it was yeah. and then I could talk <laughs> shit on all my friends it was, fuck what what was wrong with that right <laughs> So, anyways, so, so they're like, they're like, oh, can we? Uh, would you mind announcing? And I'm like, well, what was it entailed? They're like, well, we'll need you to uh, do the the play by play during the event, and then you're gonna do some. This is my, my promoter voice, sorry. And, <laughs> and we're gonna have you do a little bit of TV stand up as well. And I'm like, yeah, fuck, no problem, I can do that. And I'm like, by the way, how what much does this pay?
0: Yeah. More, more than the winner.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and,
0: and, dude, have I
2: told you this story before? <laughs> no. Okay, so, so, so I'm like, how much does it pay? And they're like, oh, we'll pay you $3,000. And I'm like, holy fuck, that's like coming in second place, right? Because I think
0: at that time the winner might have gotten five. (laughs) Okay. Wow. So I'm like, oh, fuck. I don't have to break myself on this shitty half fight, but yet I get to be me. Okay. So anyways, (laughs) so the
2: event goes down. Palm ends up winning the fucking thing, who at that point I was traveling a little bit with. And so, so my, one of my best buddies wins the fucking contest. I knew every trick. I knew everything. I I could name the trick before we did it. Yeah. And so, so at that point, um, Sean wins. I'm announcing it. We're throwing hot dogs at people off the fucking stage. It was just the best fucking time ever. So at that point, at the end of the event, the dude's like counting out my $3,000 cash, I might add. What? And, and, and he's like, dude, we will fire our guy right now. (laughs) And you, if you'll do them all. And I'm like, I'm in. And I'm like, but
0: how many, I, how many events for
2: the year? But but Me I two. could but but could I ride the events still? And they're like, absolutely, you can still ride the events. Why? Um, but we want you to host. Oh, and by the way, if you're our guy, we'll pay your per diem to to like we'll put you up at every event. Do 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 do. We'll give you a per diem. Just hence, found a new hence and that's this is how I got half my guitars that you guys see in my house, because at that time I got kind of fortunate that I got was paying me a little per diem. I worked for Airwalk at that time. They were paying me a little per diem and giving me a little bit of money to for accommodations and shit. So all of a sudden every event I had I was making more money just off of per diem. Damn. So I just went I went to every fucking pawn shop, you know, Wolf Creek, Colorado. Is there a pawn shop? <laughs> Fuck, I bought I bought that fucking that that 60 fucking 3 SG fucking mini right so there, you, you know. he's started collecting Melody makers. Yeah, so I was cuz I fumbled around with a guitar. I suck. Okay, but but every event, I'd be like, where am I going to buy a guitar this trip? So Did I just started by... like
1: one of the most interesting... <laughs> <guitar> <laughs> dudes. I don't know about that. It it so you're the Dos
0: Equis guy. Yeah. But so you're, you're, you're triple threat though. Yeah, no, but I mean, he's, following, he's yeah. following his dreams, but yet he's, the doors are just opening up. And it was fun. So
2: anyways, from that, okay, from that, um, so I hosted all the, the snowboard tour shit, what, for eight, probably, eight or ten events yeah, for yeah, the year. Yeah. I was seven, gonna say six, eight six, contests, eight, whatever it yeah. was. But, but then grand, I did every one. Yeah, and, and I did that and per diem, and I had other fucking gigs, and I could still ride, and I was still fucking around. So from How'd that, doing those events I, again, wh- I'll tell you what. You made my, the cut.
1: Yeah, exactly. I was always,
2: I was, I, I could get, I would get fairly well up into it. But the point being is, probably, probably the most flattering thing I ever got was snowboarding um was one year in the trans world like riders poll result bullshit I think I ended up ninth or whatever wow. which which again at that time it was park or it was it was half pipe and, and um as a combined I ended up ninth or something I can't remember but I, that was to me yeah. like I'm like wow oh, I made the top ten that's kind yeah. of fucking cool yeah, it made yeah. the leaderboard right Okay, so anyways, I'll tell you a funny story in a second. Okay, so, so anyways, so now I've kind of wheeled and dealed my way into this goofy announcing so you, thing. You became
1: a personality in Snowboard. Yeah,
2: and I'd like to think I was the first original voice to really speak about it, Um because at that time we'll give you that. there was no, <laughs> and there was and there was We're nobody have to fact check this. right. Just but kidding. there was really nobody else Fig doing out. it right. So E-T- sorry, is. love you, Fig. <laughs> so, but the good news about that is, is DinoCom, who produced all the fucking psat the PSA shit, yeah. as well as that, they started using me for all their shit. So off of that, I did. They produced all the Man's Triple Crown shit. So from there, I did. Fucking the triple crown of surf, the triple crown of snow, the triple crown of motocross, uh, freestyle. And so I started doing all these events for these fucking guys. So this is before repping? Um, I, at that point, I'm sorry, I, I, I left the shop and I started repping brands. I, like, one of my first lines was Astrodeck, which is a funny story unto itself. <laughs> and, but the rad thing about Astrodeck at that time was Astrodeck was in every fucking store. And my territory was... And there gen- wasn't
0: 10 Astrodeck
2: competitors on the wall. Nobody was fucking there. Yeah. And I had like Santa Barbara south to the border. So it got me in every fucking store
1: from, from Santa Barbara to the border. So wait, your first repping job was Astrodeck. that. And what else? That's it? That was it. I started with Astrodeck. <laughs> but at that time, you could
2: almost kind of make it because gas yeah. was like fucking 30 cents a gallon and everybody bought an Astrodeck so I could kind of piece it together. Yeah. But what was rad it's like I said, every shop carried fucking AstroDeck. Yeah, yeah. So ev- inevitably, when any good brand came up, all of a sudden, I was in the shop more than anybody and else. That's a
0: big territory because most other brands were it, it was a
2: little bit more microcosmic, yeah. right? And so, so, so it really so, worked out for me because it was an accessory that I could sell the fuck out of, and uh, like Mark Richards so GT, at Mal Surf,
1: you, you are a fucking skateboarder, surfer, snowboarder, <laughs> and you started. Repping. Repping, yeah. which was, was your first yeah, band. Which was super sick because
2: I loved Herbie. And, and again, Christian was just a kid, like pretty young. And Nathan was even younger. But, I, but those were dudes I was friendly with and we were fucking around. We can get into the band with Christian and Nathan in a, in a little while if we have time. So but the wait, point being... Can I, I can
1: ask you, like, do you remember what kind of money you were making? Ah, fuck. For, for if repping? I... Well,
2: not much, but the good news was, remember, I had all these per damn side hustles yeah, and, yeah. and, and uh, God bless it, but I was getting free lift tickets from resorts and I'd go up and fucking sell the lift tickets and make money. Like I was, dude, I was hustling, right? All and kind of I I at that point I'd already done my jail time. I'd stopped selling weed. Okay. So I wasn't doing that anymore. Oh, so you were selling weed. I did when I got at 17. You might've stepped out of the room at 17 when I got kicked out of my parents' house oh, for that's a quarter right. pound. That's I did, but, right. but anyways, so the, but I stopped. Okay. I promise you I've been clean ever since. Yeah. Oh, really. But anyways, Um, it smells so good. But anyways, so, <laughs> so the point being is, um, so I'm piecing together all this shit and yes, I'm repping Astro deck and that's how, what my base job was when I wasn't, you know, fucking surfing or fucking snowboarding or whatevs. And um, so from that though, I spun into like they said the Van Triple Crown is fucking thing. Or snowboarding and motocross and so, that. So and so I'd go to Hawaii and do Haliva, sunset and
1: pipe. So back up one yeah. a little bit. So you you were doing the snowboard thing. Yes. Right? And Dynacom was the same yep. people that did PSA. They were the production people. Yep. yep. So how how did that come about? They go, hey, do you surf too? No, they knew
2: me from they so they knew me. So because the Dinocom dudes knew me from surfing first, oh, actually. Yeah, they were already. Yeah, they already right. knew me. And then when I was snowboarding, I'd see them, I'd be like, uh, the Todd, I can't remember Todd's last name, but Todd was one of the main producers. I'd see him, we were always friendly, and he was kind of the boss on site. Alan Gibby was the boss, but Todd was always the producer on site. We were always friendly, so he'd see me like, "What up, GT? Hey, do you mind if you tell us about the pipe today?" You know, like whatever. Yeah. And I'd be like, "Oh yeah, no problem." But by the way, this thing fucking sucks, or whatever it was, right? But he killed
0: in snow, and they're like, "Dude, you surf and do all this other stuff, and so might as well just right." It's and so swimming. they
2: used me as like, like one dude I worked a lot with in that window was a guy named Todd Harris, and who is still I Todd Harris, yeah, right, and he's still doing Supercross. Like I just saw an episode, uh, like maybe two weeks ago, he was announced he was hosting Supercross, yeah. for instance. So he's he—that's what he did for a living. And so anyways, from Triple Crown and all that shit, and goddamn, man, I did the Triple Crown for, I'd say, no less than 10 years, but maybe longer um, between the various disciplines. Yeah. And, then, um, and then from there, in the mid-90s, um, Snowboarder Magazine started a TV show called Snowboarder TV, and I was their host, and so it was SBTV, and that was kind of the first snowboard show Here's your fucking trivia question. That was kind of the first snowboard show that ran nationally on ESPN. Like it, we we did four or five episodes a year, and and it ran on ESPN, which was kind of fucking cool. Yeah. And um and what was super cool about that is we would do all these trips, and whatever trips I could go on based on schedule and calendar. Fuck man, like I went to Wiggly's on Snowboarder Mag's dime probably five times. We set the fucking vertical record. Um, for Wiggly at one point, and, uh, so we'd go and film, and then one day we'd filmed everything, and, and the producer was like, "Fuck it, tomorrow it's a ride day. Nobody's bringing cameras. We're just riding." Sure. And we and we, I think at that time the record was like 115,000 feet of vertical. And, and and mind you, at that time it was a fucking five star skier fucking heliop. All right, like this. Yeah. Like to this day, it's wasn't to, really, snowboarding yeah. wasn't even a, a thing yet. And so there, like that, that was like, we were almost like outcasts, but they loved us because we were fucking, the guys were just like, fuck, you guys will do that? Okay, like whatever. And so, so, anyways, that the last day of our five day trip there, we beat the fucking vert record that was 115. I think we did about 135, 135,000 feet of vertical in one day. And mind you, the run we were doing was about 7,000 feet of vertical top to bottom. And so, but we fucking shattered the record and Mike Wiggly, um, who owned the spot, Just fucking loved us, you know what I mean? Because we were just so horny, and he was a (laughs) he was a sixty five year old man that was as horny as I was. You freaking yeah, yeah, no. And he was thirty years ago. Which, when you talk about photos, one of those trips, I got a cover of a Japanese snowboard mag. From the, I got some editorial and some of the other ones, but I, that was my cover. I did a front flip off this kind of thirty foot cornice and I got yeah. the shot. And, oh, and mind you, I don't. I'm not going to claim I stuck it, except that doing a front flip off of a thirty foot cornice into about fucking eight feet of powder, it ain't that gnarly of a thing to do. Okay, yeah. don't get me wrong. Once you catch your breath and send it, you, you fuck your into it, and I landed in a fucking you know. A, Hello? Yeah, I, yeah like, and and it's funny on that that day that I got that shot might have been one of my best days ever on a snowboard. In that the first day, okay, this is uh, how this one went down. So the first day we go out, we get to Wiggly's, and this was the first day, first time we'd ever been to Wiggly's with snowboarder TV. I can't remember who was on the trip. I know Rob Morrow was on that trip, and at that point I had transitioned. I was selling Morrow snowboards at that time, um, and Rob and I were on that trip, and I can't remember who else was on it. But Rob, maybe Shannon Dunn was on that trip. Um, oh, yeah, no, 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 fucking legends. Steve Matthews was on that trip, who was like a really rad backcountry legend at that time, long before backcountry snowboarding was on. Um, another dude named Evan Fien was on that trip. Um, that was long before that was kind of contemporary. Yeah. And Ken Achenbach was on that trip. Ken. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Camp of Champions, Ken. Yeah. Okay, Krusty the Clown, I dubbed him on oh. that trip. So anyways, so so we went out the first day. And, and if you guys have ever been catboarding or heliboarding, the first day with the guides are always like, test the boundaries, like, stay here. Don't go past this. They just want to make sure they can herd the cats and keep everybody safe, right? Yeah. So we go out. And this is my first real backcountry experience. I mean, I'd done a little bit of hiking out of bounds at, like, Baker or something. But the this business. was my first real fucking yeah. peeps. Like, you know, like, making sure it's that deep, everybody's deep, yeah, deep. everybody's on fucking, you know, ra- radar system. and shit. Yeah, it's fucking, it's on. Yeah. And there was probably... There was probably ten of us, twelve of us in that bird. It was the big, it was the big bird. So, anyways, so the first day we're riding around, and I'm thinking we're going to fuck, you know, like I'm thinking, you know, Damon Sanders off a of KT22, like we're fucking doing <laughs> gnarly fucking shit, and we kind of are riding around in this pretty average boofy snow shit, right? And I'm with like, all these heavies, yeah, and I'm like. This isn't what I expected riding in a helicopter, which, by the way, I wholly endorse fucking going in a helicopter whenever you can. Because this is the raddest fucking experience ever. And then be dropped off in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and then you get to ride that shit. Like, there's nothing fucking greater than that. Maybe maybe a six-foot wave at restaurants compares. You know what I mean? It's like, so anyways, so we're riding this kind of boofy shit all day. And I could tell, and, and we had the lead guide because they didn't, the lead guide was this guy named Irvin who was, like, this Austri- Austrian, like, fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, god of god of guides. Like, he was the main guide at Wigley's, which was the, the Canadian guide training ground. I mean, he was the guy. So, we're fucking riding around. And I'm kind of getting into, like, I, you know, I've never seen somebody dig a snow pit. and And I'm don't understand snow conditions and avalanches and fucking crevasses and bergstrings and all that shit. And so I'm kind of tuning in like me being the inquisitive fucker that I am. I'm kind of tuning in on this fucking guy and I could tell maybe he was testing us and I'm like, okay, this, but, but I'm like, fuck man, if this is the way this trip is going to be, I can get this shit at Big Bear. You know yeah. what I mean? Maybe not, but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. a good day at Mammoth or something. So anyways, so I'm fucking, we so we get to this fucking spot and we're in this just fucking epic, Basin where there's all this high, lonely, above tree line crap above us. And we're in this kind of semi-average pitch area. And so there's like, like I said, there's probably 10 of us in the guide. And so Irvin goes off and he's like, everybody stay back. I'm going to check the snow stability at this spot. And so, so in typical fashion, all the other humans are, again, a snowball fight or whatever is fucking going on. Nobody's paying attention, but I'm watching Irving because I'm kind of into this shit, right? Like uh, somebody Yeah. Like like, I live on the fucking beach. What the hell's going on? So I see him fucking like, you know, on the edge of this kind of look like a cliff face and I see him kind of tamping the snow down, checking stability. And one second he's there, the next second he's gone. And I'm like, oh fuck. And so Evan Fiend, who I'd met the day before, is a rad fucking dude. I'm like, Evan, fuck, I think the guide just fucking fell off this cliff. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, dude, he was standing right there on this edge, maybe 20 yards away, and he's fucking gone. And he's like, all right. Everybody gets fucking ashy looks on their face. So Evan kind of ekes his way on his knees to the edge, and he's like, oh shit. And luckily we're all radioed up. And so what happened was, the guide was tamping the shit down, and the snow broke away and he ended up falling about 50 feet into this crevasse, right? Which all of a sudden made it really fucking real for me, okay, and so. this is the
1: badass Austrian. This dude. is the
2: gnarliest guide He's at tested, that spot, yeah. right. And as luck would have it, we're all wired up, or we're all radioed, so the guides were doing, this was early season for them, so the guides were doing some training up on the glacier above us, so within five minutes, there was 10 of the best guides in Canada on the spot, roped in literally went down 50 feet roped him out and luckily what had happened he probably would have went deeper but his skis and shit kind of got wedged in between the snow and the cliff bank and it wedged him so 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 what happened was we get him out so the next morning we're like fuck are we riding? like what's going to happen? so so we're eating we're eating five star fucking french pastry the next morning and we're all wondering what we're going to do for the day at 7 in the morning or something and Wiggly himself comes walking up and he's like He's like, oh. And he's like this rad old Austrian guy. Oh, yes. So because uh, Irvin went down yesterday, I will be your guide for this day. And we're like, <laughs> okay. And so, so Wiggly's like this Willy Wonka fucking character, man. He's just the sickest fucking dude. So we jump in the fucking helicopter and we're going out. And like yeah, the day before, we might have done a five-minute heli ride to where we were riding. We're in the bird for a half hour going out, and he's wow. like, and he's sitting over the head uh, intercom saying, oh, it's that.
0: pointing and yeah, directing, yeah, like, he's oh, like I want to like, go that yeah, or that
2: yeah. And he's thought, so he's like, oh, we have not been out here since last year. We'll you'll check the snow conditions in this area. We have not been out there. So we come around this fucking corner, and dude. It's like, like I said, it's like knowing you're first in line on the next six-foot restaurants wave. We coming around this fucking corner, and dude, there's this, this bowl, and it's like cliff bands, cornice, not a drop of snow out of place. I mean, just like this lone mountain of awesomeness, right? Wow. And I'm like, I have I just died. I probably just haven't... yeah, I probably just came in my pants at that point. <laughs> Maybe because I was so scared about flying in the helicopter, I'm not sure. But anyways. <laughs> So he comes, we come buzzing in, he looks around at it, and he's like, okay, we will land on top. And because we were with Wiggly, usually what happens is you share a helicopter with another group. So, like, they'll drop you, the helicopter shoots off, goes pick somebody else up, drops them, comes back and picks you up at the bottom of your run. So, anyways, so so he tells the helicopter pilot, he's like, no, 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 you parked the helicopter down in the valley, <laughs> which the, the face might have been 1,500, 2,000 feet of vertical into like this open meadow. And so we get up on the top. And he's like, and mind you, I told you yeah, the day before is like, fuck, this sucks, you know, like, yeah. like we're all corralled and we're not getting into any good shit. Anyways, huh, we get we get out of the chopper. The chopper fucking buzzes off and drops down, and so now it's like you could hear a pin drop thirty miles away. And he's like, okay, I'm gonna go here. You can go there. You go there. We meet at the bottom. Just go to the helicopter, and and we're all like looking at each free, other, kind of rain. fucking yeah. incredulous, like. Where's the avalanche? Yeah, like, 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 (laughs) really? And so we ended up sessioning this fucking zone. And hence, three hours ago, that's where I got my front flip cover shot. And mind you, that was probably 90, 90, uh, maybe 92. But but that was an early front flip. Okay, like people were doing backies at that point, but they weren't doing fucking front flips. And I was, I was just like, this is epic. And we sessioned the fuck out of that cornice. And so maybe the fourth or fifth time off the goddamn thing. I went for it and got... And, you know, I can't say I wrote out of it or whatever. But I got an epic shot. And it was one of the show opening fucking shots. And, and, and again, the, the, the crew that we worked with that filmed the shit at the time, this guy Bill Gallon was just incredible cinematographer. I'm sure he's doing really important things now. Um, but it was just sick. So that so this, this is like an episode. This was in an episode of yeah. Snowboard TV, first season, if I'm not mistaken. So then that day... Okay, so then... So what? So we sessioned the fuck out of the spot, right? So
1: when you're on a mountain like that, yep,
2: yep, and you come in your pants and it's awesome. (laughs) How long? That's not appropriate. Sorry. How
0: long do you? How long does it take to get down to the bottom? Yeah, I mean, thirty seconds. Thirty seconds.
2: (laughs) dude you're fucking pointing it man They're yeah. like you're not milking that shit but there's it's, no reason to it's like to it.
1: a couple thousand feet right? yeah two thousand
2: right. feet of vertical okay maybe at that time it was 45 seconds but fuck no dude when the, when you're getting freshies in his face shots dude you're fucking pointing it right and like, so like you, to this day I won't leave the ground but I'll fucking point it so this it.
1: helicopter is, is at the bottom yep literally you could be on top and
2: see the helicopter I don't know how, you know whatever but you're on top of the vista and like I said there's shoots and there's a fucking wide open cornice. I mean if you could imagine I guess I'll use mammoth as a as something like that might be relevant or, or something that you, maybe some people will know is if you look at the front face at Mammoth basically the front face at Mammoth with shoots on either side with cornice in the middle and about the same amount of vertical that there was a heli park down at the bottom and endless fucking powder on it. it was just you and there was it 10 of us Can, it, Cree, Cressy the Clown Can Rob Morrow uh, Shannon Dunn, like a, a, a the Evan helicopter Stephen, would
1: take you back up to the top. We were hot, that we a, your
2: hot lap, We yeah. hot lopped that motherfucker like oh a motherfucker. My God. And so, anyways, but here's what's so fucking right about it. that. So then we do this, we session it, and then and then in the back country, all the helicopters would meet in one central place, and we'd all do lunch together with all the groups,
3: right?
0: So we go meet That's the, some the bougie shit right there. Is bro. It is, dude, well hey, above are talking pace, about girl. Slater's little wave ranch. This is the wave no, ranch no, of snowboarding. What? Uh, no, yeah. dude. 100%
2: because, by the way, that spot had a five-star front chef. Yeah. Like, I mean, dude, like, so like no, he's no rough fucking joke. Ju- yeah, yeah, no fucking this joke. This is
0: Indies 3 and you're pulling yeah. up the freaking Mackers or HTs with nobody out except dude. you and your boys. Hey,
2: hey, Yeah, and, and, and quite frankly, on a speedboat, like, just the best shit ever. This is like, you know, this was probably like... I'm guessing at that time it was a couple grand a day. You know what I mean, yeah, like for a head. And 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 again, like I said, took for us to beat the 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 vert record. Again, that would have probably cost I no less than probably twenty grand if we paid. You know, yeah. I mean? because of Still how many laps we did. With private for the, the day, not yeah. sharing with the yeah. Yeah. group. Yeah, because <laughs> we had a soul. So anyways, so we go meet you, all sir, the for, other people. We all meet. Yeah, we we meet everybody for lunch in the middle of this fucking valley. And again, we're sitting there eating and and i mean there's just endless everywhere you know you're looking up and it's like walking around new york city you are just heads up the whole time because it's just incredible and so so um wiggly we're fucking eating sandwiches and drinking soup or whatever and wiggly's like wiggly's like oh the, nobody has ever done that line before <laughs> who'd like to do that line and we're all like me 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 and fucking crusty fucking ken got the fucking line right and so so really, one what? person can do it it was super exposed and so so but the whole thing was Wrigley jumps in the heli with ken they wire him up we're all sitting eating lunch as they take him to the top of this fucking pretty fucking city. i put it this way i raised my hand but i probably would have regretted it if i did it right because yeah. it was so gnarly and so exposed so anyways and ken was probably ken ken evan or or steve Matthews were probably the right people to do it at that time because they were the gnarliest backcountry guys so anyways so we got to eat lunch, listen on radio, they dropped Ken off, and Wiggly and, his, and the chopper pilot were literally calling him down like, okay, Ken, you got about 500 more feet, and then you're going to like right through this chute, and then you're going to come down like, and like, navigate navigated him down, dude. Yeah. And it was the sickest thing, and Ken ended up naming the chute, the Lucky Day chute, appropriately. And, um, and it was just another one of those, again, like, Okay. To this day, I haven't that seen was Ken NBD. In, yeah, I I haven't seen Ken in ten years, but I can tell you to this day when I see him, we're besties, and we'll talk about that particular time. Wow. And um, and but that again a Forrest Gump experience, and I was just there to be the host of the goddamn like with this episode it's <laughs> Rob Morrow and Jim Dunn. But I will tell you
0: this: he wishes, that, he, wishes he had his pro standard on. Yeah, <laughs>
2: at, at that point. The way Wiggly's worked is every week at the end of the week. So Irvin, the guide, recovered and came out the next day, and yeah. we went fucking haywire. Okay, like at that point, it was Wiggly must have said, "Hey man, it's full send. Go." Yeah. Well, long before the term "send" was, but whatever that term was, they yeah. like green light. Let them go. Yeah. They can handle this shit. So the whole thing was at the end of the Wiggly week, the guide gave out a hat, and well, to the and rider of hat? the week. Yeah, exactly. The rider of the week hat. And I must admit, probably of all the things I've fucking won, Get I fuck won that fucking here. hat. Get the fuck front, out the of front here. Front flip. And so, yeah. And, and I mean, I'd be honest with you, I could walk in my room right now and fucking grab that thing. It's in my hat rack, you know? Because like, and everybody signs it and you know, like that's oh, cool. the deal. So so I got my wiggly hat. kind of
0: like my my uh, my Sumatra trophy. <laughs> big, big black dick. Just kidding. We have a little special trophy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he it's wore a big it. black one. Yeah. yeah. He wore it. Okay, you want to know what we
1: made? Yeah. So we, we did a, a surf contest at the wise. Sure. And it was Larson, I forget who. We,
0: we did matchups and it ended up yeah. being me
1: and Lyles, I think, right? I, I can't John Lyles? Yeah. No.
0: Yeah. Come on, you're smoking Lyles. Yeah.
1: Right? Okay. <laughs> but oh, yeah. we made this makeshift <laughs> metal. Yeah. And it was a beer can smash. Yep. Tied right around the string. Yep. A B- uh, bintang, of course, right. <laughs> and put a banana in it. Yep. Right? For extra. For extra, anger. yeah. For protein. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> carbohydrates the whatever he got he wins it he wears it from the boat
0: through customs in LA <laughs> all the way mandatory all the <laughs> way with a molding with the, moldy, would, yeah. like, with every the staring at my the chest with a moldy like, banana like, yeah i
1: got my face was at me customs and like, they're like, yeah. and all that
0: Yep. Yeah. All the way home. Yeah, it wasn't every, until his wife saw it to like get that thing in the trash. Every, everybody would look at it and then look yeah. at me and then look at it, and look at me, and I'd just be like <laughs> Yeah, I am you don't know You, but you now, have no you idea don't know, what yeah, this means. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know now you know,
2: motherfucker. <laughs> so but that and that was the point Dude, with that incredible. that was a that was a pretty big honor. And, the, big... and so so the funny thing is about those trips, okay, and as it evolved, and if you guys have probably done a little bit well, maybe with snowboard photography. I was always the first one off of everything because I was never the talent per se. I was the like for this episode of SBTV, we're going to Mike Wiggly's heli ski and blah blah, blah 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 blah, featuring Rob Morrow and Shannon Dunn or whatever it was, yeah, right? You're doing the intro, but 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 and so we'd shoot those in the field or whatever. And so, but as far as cinematography goes, the Bill Gallon, the guy who was shooting everything, would be like, okay, let me set the shot. GTU go first, just so I can make sure. Pure so brainer. I was basically the fucking cat crash test dummy yeah. on everything. Okay, wow. and, and in some cases I lived up to it. In some cases I ate fucking shit. But the point being is and How funny and weird at the same time. Like and so but and I was still you're okay with it I you was knew. still kind of good like yeah. I could do it you know yeah. like like some of those things I'm not you know I'm like I think they had the benefit of me fucking speed checking it or or not having enough or but like go faster you know like whatever um, um, which is usually my problem but the, um, so anyways that in that snow window from SBTV was pretty rad then in 96 Six, it might have been the first winter X games again. I was only dude who was talking about snowboarding on TV on the reg on ESPN. So I got hired to be the first snowboard announcer for X the X games, wow. which was at was Snow... that ESPN. Yeah, it was, it yeah. was a, And so, so we, that year we didn't run it live, um, but, but it was the first year they had done those summer X games, I think in Rhode Island or something. And then it was the first winter X games and it was at big bear, which happened to be my hill and that was all fun and games. And so, so anyways, so, they hired me to do this thing. And um, at that time, I was hosting the snow shit with um, Jack, uh, Jack Edwards, who was like, had an ESPN Sports Center show. Um, he actually called, and you guys are not old enough to remember this, but I sure as hell do. He called the Franz Klammer Olympic run when he oh, came wow. from behind and won the downhill. Dang. Like, he was a fucking guy, yeah. especially in Alpine. And then I think I called. Big air, I think I called with Bart Connor, the gymnast. Yeah. And I think for half pipe it might have been um, the ex-quarterback guy, uh, or no, it was Mike Adamley, um, who I called. But none of these guys, they were all fucking um, ESPN jock yeah. announcer types. But they did that, that balance. That, that that they brought me in as some form of credibility, and I say yeah. that lightly. Um, and so so it's funny because two things from the beginning, and this is something I'm pretty proud of as well, is that that they came in and they were were kooks, okay? They did not know what the fuck they were doing. And so they were like, oh, GT, like, how can we improve our, uh, you know, from the standard standard, uh, TV angles, how can we improve our coverage of these events? And at that time, the Westridge Park at Snow Summit was kind of the spot, and they had some really good fucking, you know, there's some pretty good features to it. And I'm like, hey, man, if I were you, I'd fucking have somebody follow Cam, the dudes down the hill, okay? Yeah. And wow. and they did. And I think they won an Emmy from that. And I'm not saying I was a, they were the first ones but to do it. Did the like,
0: yeah uh, Fuck no. Yeah. And then, and then. That's lame. And then, no. Because it was all fixed. And, yeah, because everything was. locations exactly. and stuff right. in one angle, but you said and, follow.
2: And so, so again, I won't go down. Like, listen, anybody can bet me that I'm not that guy but I think I was. Okay, maybe I'm a genius Geniuses think alike. How about that? And same with the half-pipe coverage. I'm like, well, if you put a boom, because of my radio TV shit, I'm like, well, if you put a boom in there, maybe you can get a better motion of that snowboarder's kind of how much air relative to the wall and all that shit. And they did that. And they, they also, and I'm like, man, the fucking sounds of the shit, and they mic'd everything so you could hear the fucking sprock off the jumps and shit. So they were, they fucking, it was pretty groundbreaking at that time. Yeah. And I'd like to think, I'm not, I, 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 I would say I was on their steering committee at that point that kind of I thought elevated the fucking coverage and so mind you so we're doing at that point okay there was a slip style and then um, Jack Edwards and I are calling the border cross all right and and this is like the era of like um, I'm trying to think who was there like Daniel Frank was a standout in the slope style i remember that year i think barrett christie won the women's um big air i can't i'm sorry i can't remember all the winners um i'm sure craig probably won something if he showed up um um but jim rippey um it was that time frame. maybe jimmy Halapoff. um but anyways okay so border cross and and border cross was something I always really enjoyed because it's kind of like, hey man, like, contact sport, yeah, whatever like goes racist. goes. It's yeah. like, yeah, I mean, Free. hey, the, the last place dude could end up winning. It's kind of like me on a motorcycle. So 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 anyways, so Rippy Rippy gets in front, he's leading, and I can't remember who was in second, but Rippy's out in front, and and Jack Edwards and I were positioned right on the biggest jump on the course. I called it the Alligator Pit because it was a big gap with a water obstacle in the middle of it. Wow! And um, and at that time, if I say big, maybe it was forty foot. I don't know, but it was. I put it this way: That's I, big. I, I, <laughs> I, I, bless you. I I pre-ran the course, and I must admit, it was big. It was big. Okay. <laughs> so wait, you and that came a, yeah. across. Yeah. So it was like gap? a gap to gap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like a wedge to wedge with a water gap in between. It's so And nice. I remember I had I pre run the course with the camera to try and give the, the course explanation um, for both slope and they used it for both ways. And mind you, yeah, cause it was 96. So I was three years on the backside of a broken neck. And I, at that point I was largely- Did you talk
1: about the broken neck yet? Yeah. No.
2: No, we, we'll get there. We, we're gonna have back to backtrack. But cause I don't like talking about it much. Because we don't want to do that again. Um, but the point being is, I remember jumping that thing going, fuck, man, my mom is going to be pissed at me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, you you're never going to do this right. again. <laughs> and at that point, I was largely on-ground guy anyways. Because after my neck, I was like, okay, I can have as much fun on the ground as I can off the ground, right? So anyways, so Rippy's in front. This is the final. This is the metal moment. And me and Jack Edwards are positioned right on the fucking jump. like So we had a bird's eye view of them my friend. So Rippy's out in front. And he hits the thing and fucking backflips it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and he backflips it and eats it and washes out. But Jack Edwards at that point just shit himself because I don't think he's ever seen a snowboarder, let alone somebody do a backflip on a snowboard, right? In the middle of a race, by the way, okay? So Rippy backs it, eats it, and, and kind of gets to his feet. And whoever was in second place then had passed
3: him. So now
2: Rippy and this dude who had just overtaken lead, and I can't remember who it was, and I'm sorry. It might have been someone like J.D. Platt or somebody like that. I can't remember. But anyways, and it probably wasn't J.D., but I remember the dude had a helmet on. That's one thing I do remember. Because they're coming to the final fucking tabletop for the finish line, and somehow the leader kind of ate it going up the face and was kind of like goat crawling up it to try and get to the finish line, which was, you know, 10 feet away. And right as he gets to the top of the fucking tabletop, Rippy hits the jump and fucking nose-bonks his helmet and crosses the finish Shut line the and front wins. front door! What? Jack Edwards absolutely <laughs> shit himself. This <laughs> is the a-
3: best thing I've ever <laughs> seen! So, 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 so.
2: And then mind you, this is the dude who called the Hanukkah Or not the Hanukkah, the Franz Klammer gold medal run. And this dude lost the fucking plot, right? We gotta like, find that. Like, he's hugging me and fr- freaking out about yeah. it. And... Like and the, it was the best it, it yeah. was the, yeah, it was it was just on and it was so raw and rebellious because no skier would have been like that right yeah. you know it was just so sick and i was super ingratiated that that edwards had the, the like, appreciation for it cuz he was an alpinist and yeah. that was at a time when it's like you know if you don't snow you know skiers beware kind of shit yeah. you know yeah. that that it really gave it some credibility and so I did that X Games thing so, for probably 10 years um, and, and had a bunch of rad hosts along the way. And I went from being the play-by-play guy to the color guy to the reporter. Um, I did stuff a long time with Chris Jameson. I remember when Sal, was, when Sal came in. Um, when they were looking for somebody, I, I remember I said Sal had some like local show, and I'm like, hey, this guy's kind of cool. Um, and I've, again, I'm not saying that I got Sal that job. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. But I definitely put his name in the hat yeah. because I thought he was a rad guy, and he and he delivers shit really well. Yeah. And and good for Sal that everything that came from it, he he earned he, it. Yeah, he, and, and deserves by the way, yeah. and deserves. Because um, man, I'll tell you, it is not easy calling live fucking TV, you know, and and so and that's the other thing I'm really proud of is through a lot of those X Games shows we did call those live, yeah. and fuck man, you know there's 50 million people watching, and it was a big deal, and big I kind of. I always took not, I, I'm not, not a big people deal, people, I'm not saying that I'm a big deal, what I'm saying is it serious, I, I took it seriously yeah. that I. It was super important to me that I could explain the rad shit my best friends were doing at that time yeah. to then bring it to home and make it obtainable to the people and, and a kind of plant the seeds way like, hey, man, yeah. this is legit kind of way. Yeah. so I, And I was always really proud that I thought I was eloquent enough that my parents could understand it, but I was also inside enough to keep it fun for, yeah. for, for Chris
0: Roach who might be And I think it, yeah. that's key to have somebody that has the inside right. perspective because yeah. – you know, anybody could just learn the moves and call it. But no. if you don't have, we, and, and those guys, want, those don't guys were my to best watch friends at Bart that. Time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's you, my point. Like he, he just did a. Yeah. Like, what do they call that? Yeah, exactly. Like when they come up and they, you know, you're yeah. high-fiving your bro that just won something. It's there's a reason for something. being
2: and and, and and why and and so anyways. So I did that for ten years and um and to be honest with you um uh I to this day even when we haven't gotten the webcasty shit. But the point being is. I enjoy doing that so fucking much because I'm a fan, like, yeah. and so I get to talk and you're about the best seat in the house. Yeah, yeah right. GT. That's what I'm saying. You're, you're getting, getting paid, paid well, and, and well, I'm not gonna say I got overpaid, but but I would. well, hey, there's times when I would have paid. I mean, listen, like. Kelly's perfect heat at Chopu the one time against CJ when he got hurt and got taken you out there. Got, well, I called it like, like, like I would have paid to be there. Okay, so, so, so there's so too much, bad but but bad the point being bad is, bad bad is this. okay, like, yeah, okay, okay. So right so now. so my point being is, is that I've always been super humbled and honored that that people trusted me to try and guide people through something, uh, to tell the story about amazing people doing incredible things and trying to elaborate on those things in a manner that uh, somebody who is a participant can fucking kind of groove with it. And at the same time, somebody who doesn't understand it might get an understanding of it. Look,
1: you're you're talking like you're ending the show because Uh we're not doing that yet. Mm.
2: There's no way okay. we're in the show okay. yet. Okay. Cool. So you're so, not so, off the hook. So so but but the, the so the close out the announcing side of shit, I'll yeah. still pay. listen, if the WSL called me today, fuck I'll go do one. What the fuck? I love that shit. And so yeah. so but the point being is is what did get in the way of that is is unfortunately I started a couple brands along the way. And uh, you know, conflict like, like, yeah. Well, it wasn't so much conflict of interest as much as, Tyree. hey, man, X Games is the same time as SIA, which is our biggest snow show. Yeah. Fuck, I had to choose. You know what I mean? So I had my own brand. I had to go to the fucking snow show, and so that kind of, kind of, I might have
1: aged Picture out. Re-array. But I also,
2: yeah, I'm like, yeah. can you just put that
1: a week <laughs> earlier, please? <laughs> so, so, yeah, so. so, so we're we're gonna. And the the snowboarding. Yep. Okay. Snowboarding Nazi uh, bullshity stuff. So yep. we'll go. We'll, let's go back to surfing. Okay. Right? I love surfing. <laughs> so I surfed
2: this morning, and I got to be honest with you, it is just the best fucking thing ever. It's, it's great. It's right? so fucking good.
1: So so tell us. Uh, you 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 did PSAs. Yeah,
2: I did. I did NSAs, I did PSAs. WSAs. All the stupid contests. But again, all I wanted to do was fucking skateboard on a surfboard, okay? And so, and that never really worked out well because A, especially with my skill level, half the shit I tried, I never fucking landed, but I thought I was fucking getting rad and and
0: plus the and, equipment and, was pretty tough to. yeah
2: well i probably ride boards that aren't too fucking far away from my terry sentence of 1983 i've always liked them th- oh i like them thick bro but i've always kind of enjoyed a thicker wider board because i just need some volume to get going once i had speed i can do shit you know what i mean if i like those channel islands that were all potato chippy like when yeah. kelly came out and there were all those boards were super fucking thin and narrow and shit i'm like these don't work, and work. my tit doesn't fucking float one of those things you know what i mean so so, and that's what makes it fun now. When I ride weird boards, I'm like, "Yeah, dude, I understand volume. This kind of totally works for me." You know, what was your first surf trip? So okay, first surf trip. Oh god, this is a good one. Okay, first surf trip, Waikiki summertime. Yes. Okay, and and it was funny because I went fam- with fam- I, no, no 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 actually um, I went with an older kid neighbor. Okay, like they were down the street. He was probably he might have been sixteen at the time. I was again 12, 13 or something. And, and it was like single mom, her son, my buddy Kevin, me, and she might've had a daughter or something. But anyways, there was just, a, so we go to Waikiki. This is like summer of 76 and, I, and I, I, fuck, I remember this so fucking clearly. So anyway, so we're fucking around in Waikiki and- um,
1: So you went with them.
2: Yeah, so I was their guest. Yeah. And my parents were cool enough to let me go fucking un, unaccompanied, right? So, huh, so. I can't remember... I hate to
1: ask this, but was the mom hot? I, ch-
2: I can't recall, to be honest with you. And, and again, my balls hadn't dropped that point yet. My balls hadn't dropped that point, so I might not have been there yet, okay? But anyways, so so I remember this about the trip, which is so fucking clear, is Jaws had come out. The movie. Right. Oh, my God. And we gosh. went and saw Jaws as a matinee in town in Waikiki that day.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and that fuck I don't like a scary movie to begin with and I sure as fuck don't like a scary movie that includes people getting eaten by sharks okay (laughs) so we see Jaws so whatever year Jaws came out is the year we went this is my first surf trip so well, I mean, I take that back. We had done a couple of Mexi, yeah. like um, local, Entenata, like uh, yeah, Alicitos and all yeah. that shit. I will say this: my first, first time on a plane. But uh, yeah, so this was well, and again it was my first time. It was my first time on a surf trip on a plane, bringing yeah. a surfboard. Yeah. But I had traveled a little bit with my parents skiing and shit. Yeah. But but the point being is really quick. My 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 earliest trips to Mexico again probably 75. 75? Was with the con- contractor dude that was shaping the boards and all that shit. I was boogie boarding and so was my dad at that point. We stayed. We went into Rosarito. And and again, the only thing in Rosarito at that time was the arch to the hotel. Mm-hmm. And maybe five stalls of shops on either side of the arch. Small. couple blocks. Fuck. Uh, if a block. Yeah. Right? And I mean... We were diving and pulling fucking abalone and like, it was incredible. Like, I mean, my old man was an ex Marine. So he brought his fucking gun. We were shooting guns and like drinking tequila at fucking 12 years old. It was (laughs) fucking awesome. Um, but that was my, or yeah, that was super early. Like, we, me and my buddy Eric sat in front of songs while my parents, my, my dad and, and my buddy's dad got drunk in songs and Ensenada and we're eating like, you know, tortillas like right off the car. I mean, I it's yeah. so awesome. But anyway, so we go, we're in Hawaii. Okay, so now we'll flash forward. So, whatever year Jaws comes out, we go see it as a matinee. Cool. Okay? And if, fucked me. Up,
0: all right. Especially when you got to go paddle a half a mile out uh, in the lineup. Dude,
2: okay. So that afternoon, we go surf 3s. I think it was 3s. I see a shadow. Homie. And you guys you guys probably been to, you guys probably surfed number 3s. Yeah. Of it's course. pretty fucking far right out there. Far. Okay. So we go surf 3s. And now it's kind of we've been out there for a while and the waves are kind of smallish whatever. A lot of dead water in that paddle out, you know, between where it's breaking and shit. And and it's coming up on, like, you know, sunsetty time. And, motherfucker, a turtle fucking popped in front of me. And I'm already, like, feet up on my board before I even knew what that's what you're supposed to do. I swear to God, like, a sea turtle popped up maybe 10 yards from me. I fucking <laughs> ran across the water. Like, it was the fucking funniest thing. So, so that was my earliest trip. Um, um, Did you guys take good
1: waves during that trip?
2: I, yeah, to be honest with you, Summertime Waikiki, I'm going to say it was probably the best trip ever, but who the fuck remembers yeah, at this point?
0: Yeah. Water um, but, was warm. And, and yeah, it was epic. Yeah. And the
2: second trip, which was a couple years later, um, we stayed on the west side. Like if you guys, like at Makaha, if you guys, know, maybe it's still there. I'm sure it is. But like from Makaha, right before you got to Makaha, if you hooked a right, there was like some like kind of multi-story buildings up the hill like like and I remember it was fairly a ways up the hill and nothing else around it. Just these these like I them condos, I don't know what the fuck they were. But me and my family stayed on the west side. Wow. Which is super weird, right? Weird. And I remember that clearly because I brought my skateboard with me. And this is hey man, I had my town and country fucking board shorts, the green, dark green, bright green, you know, the town and country symbols on the side. Like, dude, I was Larry Bertelman. All yeah, right. Yeah. And and so, but I remember I brought my skateboard and my parents let me like, I'm like, I want to go check the waves or whatever. And <laughs> we'll it was probably that. a mile or something, two miles. Who the fuck knows? But I skateboarded all the way down that hill to the beach. And I swear to God, it was so fucking awesome. And it wasn't until later that I realized it. But I was sitting on the beach, and like all the families are on the beach, super fucking rad. And it's fucking makaha about as family as you can get. Yeah. And fuck, dude, Buffalo fucking hanging out like a young Buffalo. Like I was like, who's this big fucking rad fucking Afro Hawaiian dude who was obviously the ringleader? And I was a kid. Yeah. And um, and but I remember Buff like I was like, you know, years yeah. later, I'm like, fuck that was, that was rad. was I was fucking yeah. hanging out on the beach with Buffalo when I was like fucking 15 or 12, right? And and I remember. The, you know, Wakaha shore break, right? And so it was so funny because I was body-womping in the shore break. I skateboarded down, so I was body-womping in the shore break. And as you are with a kid, there was some Hawaiian kid that we and him were both... Who knows? It could have been Brian at that point. Who the fuck knows? But me and this one Hawaiian kid were body-womping together, like, in the shore break. And I'll never forget it. We fucking washed up on one, and some, like... Older tourist lady came fucking walking down, and, and I was watching, and she gets to the fucking edge of the water. Discuits. The fucking, it's kook of the day. Kook of the day slam. And dude, she, but she the fucking thing like piled over. She fell on her ass, and she had a wig on, and her wig went flying. <laughs> and me and the fucking one little Hawaiian kid, to this day, we'd be best friends if I could ever reconnect with them. we just fucking die. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you know, maybe an hour later, my parents showed up with my surfboard, and I surfed a little bit. But and the ways were good on that trip. I do recall that. But how weird is it? Like my parents were like, "Yeah, let's go stay on the west side." Yeah. You know, I'm like, "Okay, yeah, mom and dad." Yeah, like it's like best thing ever, though, right? Yeah. And if I and, and again, hey man, it was, it was long before any of that shit got fucking heavy, anyways. Probably yeah. so. And sure as fuck, nobody's gonna fuck with some again. Fucking my mean. my yeah, my hair was to the middle of my back. I'd look like some little stoner anyway. So who's gonna fuck with me? Any, you know, like full Holly boy. But anyways, um. I'll tell you the one thing about all. So when you talk about first surf trip, the one thing that I learned early on, either when it was I first started skateboarding and going to other parks, or whether it was surfing and tripping and and you know hosting webcasts and and being going to really neat places, man. In snowboarding again, um, what's been and even motorcycle racing more currently, what's what's super interesting to me about that is the experiences that I've gotten from the travel of like. If I wasn't if it wasn't for snowboarding, would I have ever ended up at fucking Pagosa Springs, Colorado? Or if I would never fucking did a National Road Race Series, would I ever ended up in Leeds, Alabama or Elkhart Lake, Michigan? Or if it wasn't so for crazy, surfing, huh? would I have ever fucking sat on an island in the middle of fucking the South Pacific? You I know what know. I mean? And so so or JB or like world. name your fucking or like oh the you know, uh, like like with the, and that's been the beauty that I've never kind of lost is that my, i got that early that i just wanted to see what was on the other side of shit and however i could do that i was going to do it and so and and again when if we ever get to business and shit, my whole thing has always been like i'm going to sell a dime bag to smoke a dime bag i just want i didn't want to be the richest guy i just wanted to go fucking get rad yeah. and so it really worked out for me because, again, I probably could have sold fucking cars and made more money. Yeah, you're chasing, um, you're chasing the lifestyle and the just dream around, of having yeah. fun. I mean, I have friends from high school that they're all fat, been through five divorces, probably lost all their hair, probably have cirrhosis of the liver. Or Whoa, who the bro. fuck, guys, you know what? Well, but yeah, but you make that shit look good. <laughs> and um, But the point being is, like, yeah, they started five microchip companies and probably defrauded half their fucking friends over it. Um, and Never probably made more money it. and lost it all and got it back. And who the fuck knows? Yeah. But for me... I'm like, yeah, that's fucking rad. Like, but yeah. I just always wanted to wake up early and go fuck around. Yeah, and, uh, and you've that, done and that, rad. And that and I'm happy about that it. History. Like, I, I will never, I will never be disappointed or take. Why do you always
1: room. talk like it's gonna be over? It's not.
0: That's the point. No, <laughs> it's like look. But this, man, I, I like, I like these little reminiscent like yep. parts where he's like telling, yeah. you know, this is. This, okay. is why, this is why I'm doing it. This yep. is why I did it. And this is why I'm yep. continuing you, you to live told it. Us, you told us story. So still there's surfy work. shit. Yeah. Let's go back to surfing. Okay,
2: surfy shit. What so do you want to know?
0: When you started
1: announcing for the surf stuff, Yep. Right? God, that was so much fun. You, you were doing PSA's. I did a li- Right maybe right at the tail end. I can't... I, I'll tell you what.
2: I, I, and again, I, I could be fact-checked on this. So I'm going to say no. I, I might have done a couple. Okay. But to be honest with you... Um, it was really advanced triple crown of surfing yeah. that I did the bulk of. So, um, so the because snow- PT, I might have inherited a few off the backside of PT and, and Bill McDonald, who does the Lakers web broadcasting shit yeah. now. I might have done a few PSAAs, but it was more, most of my surf ship r- shit really emanated from the triple crown.
1: So tell us about that. like Oh, God. So I mean, awesome. When was the first that, one?
2: When- well, okay. It's hard because... Because I would go to the North Shore every fucking winter, um, you know, st- probably from about 80, 80, no, probably 84. I went to the North Shore every winter and would like, and just sit on it for as long as, so every year what would happen is I worked surf retail. So I would have to work through Christmas and then on December fucking 26, I was on a flight and usually was in Hawaii so for the better a, part of January. So you every did year. that. Yeah. Every fucking year. And because I was like, hey, at that time, man. As a regular a real, footer, a if you couldn't fucking, if you could not fucking rip Sunset or Haleva, then you can't, you couldn't can be the guy at your spot. Yeah. Like, I, like, fuck no, man. You had to fucking own. And if you're a goofy so footer, it was Piplin. Well, that's what you did back in those days, right? So not everybody. So, so, not this guy. Oh, fuck. Well, here's the thing. I, I'm not saying I'd do that now. I have a house at Belzyland for a reason, all right? Because when everybody's like, oh, yeah, fucking sunset's 12 foot, I'm like, I'm going to go ride my shortboard at Belzyland. Okay,
3: I'm fine, guys. Okay. Yeah.
2: Like, fucking hell yeah, Freddy's looks pretty good today, right? Yeah. But, but, at that time all those north shore winners especially the early days man i was just showing up and like staying in a youth hostel and yeah i had gotcha stickers on my board and stuff but it wasn't until a little bit later that um that i was really kind of winged by the gotcha guys you know like uncle mike and and crookshank and staying at yester's a-frame and all that stuff um but those first few years i was just kind of showing up and just fucking trying to figure it out and um and, and I and surfing spots that I was like, oh, OK, like, what's this? All right. Like, I didn't know you weren't supposed to serve as land at that time. But I did, you know. And it's funny because then years later, when I was with Uncle Mike one day and Perry Dane went to clear the lineup up and Uncle Mike's like, just sit here. You, you're you good. Well, anyways, after Perry Dane freaked everybody out and cleared the lineup, I couldn't catch another wave because I was so afraid to fucking get beaten <laughs> up anyways. So so there's a little bit of that. Um, I'll tell you that that on a North Shore memory, one of my best North Shore memories in that kind of window was um, I was getting ready to leave or something and I packed up all my fucking shit and leave it turned to out to come home. So I had to come home. End of the trip. It was the end of the trip. And, um, and again, I don't think I stayed with Michael that year, but I was close with the hose at that time. And this was right around the time that Derek might have made a couple of his. Well, we runs. know you're close with the host. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, you know, so
2: host, Anyways, so, um, but Michael was like, dude, today's the day. And and you know, like, cause again, that January window can always be really fucking windy and shitty. Like you could get you could like, get 30 days as fucking sideshore, yeah. 40 more. If, it,
0: if it's under like 10 miles an hour wind, it's like glassy. It's yeah. the best day ever, right?
2: <laughs> and so he's like, dude, today's the day. And so, and again, not I was never a good surf forecaster or any of that, but he's like, dude, the booze look good, da, 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 da. You should probably try and move your flight. And so I did. And so <laughs> I remember um that particular day, I think I had like a seven, no, it was probably an eight four. I had an eight four. And Uncle Mike at that time was seven twos, maybe wear a leash, maybe not. You know, I yeah. mean, he was just a fucking man, right? Still is. And so, so we. I remember he's like, "Oh fuck, you know, I'll meet you out there, or whatever." So sunset. I. Ended, yeah, sunset. So I paddled out maybe midday. It was like maybe six to eight foot, maybe 10 foot. It wasn't really off the outside fucking thing. It was mostly on the inside and it was dreamy. Wind was perfect. Fuck, as good as the fucking conditions that we'd gotten that whole fucking period. But you could tell that there was, it was kind of pulsing. Right. It was coming. And so by maybe four in the afternoon, man, it did turn solid. Like, you know, I, again, I'm a Howley, but I'd say with with any amount of time I've spent there, it was on as 12-foot fucking sunset, 12, 15-foot maybe on the big sets. And it started moving out onto, like, the third fucking bump, right? And so... so, And you're out the, there. Oh, yeah, I know. And I was ke- I was keen. Like, I was fucking into it. Like, I was like... I wanted one. like I And, and you gotta have that in order to yeah. do that. You're and on an 8-4. I was on an 8-4, which... Subsequently, like Owl that day might have been on a 10-footer. I remember him all fucking cross-eyed riding waves on his... Like, massive fucking boat. So, so anyways, and Michael, like I said, was probably on a 7-2 and catching totally. every fucking wave. Right, like just fucking owning it. right? Yeah. So anyways, the sets were kind of piling up and and with that, every kind of third set, it kind of, you could tell. So at one, at one point, we were out like, so if it's the inside Valley Reef fucking traditional barrel, there's that kind of, the kind of off the of valves Reef kind of, you know, eight to 10 foot spot. Then there's the kind of 12 to 12 foot spot. And then there's like the next level spot. We were sitting on the next level spot where the fuck outside. And there was a handful of people out and, um, and this fucking set came and like clean. up, yep. Fucking heart attack shit. Right. <laughs> and so you could obviously see a fucking 18,000 miles away. So I'm like, Oh God, here it is. This is it. You know? And at first I'm like, fuck, I'm going to get one. And then I'm like, Oh God, it's going to get me. So I'm fucking paddling and I'm fuck. If it's a mile out to sea, I could have been three quarters, it could have been two miles. Who the fuck knows? Except that I was about 50 yards fucking short, right?
1: Oh my god.
2: So I'm paddling at the basin's my, wave. My, yeah. My palms are sweaty. No, dude, I'm paddling at the basin's fucking wave. And and I'm like, this isn't gonna end well. And so I like, and again, I'm gonna sound like a complete fucking asshole. It's like saying it's 20 foot in Hawaii, and you're like, you sound like an idiot, you know what I mean? But if that way, if there was no, from my perspective, there's no less than fucking 40, 50-foot face, right? And I'm like, oh, fuck. So I f- toss my fucking board oh, and I dive. Shit. And right as it's fucking barreling on the outside, outside, top to bottom, not a fucking steamroller. It's a fucking top to bottom. Way. So I pitch my fucking board and I swim. And at that time, again, I don't know what the current version of the, what you do. But at that time, that 8'4", I probably had a 15-foot leash that was, you know, an inch thick cord, you know, yeah. massively long cord. So I fucking swim under the fucking thing. And and like ear pressure, the whole bit. And I'm swimming through and I come up the back and my board's fucking yanking me. And I'm just like, please, please, please. I don't care if my board breaks, but just don't let my leash break. Give me something to float on. <laughs> so right as I was, the board finally fucking pops up. I, right as I'm pulling the board in after that 15 foot cord, the next one's like fucking 20 yards out further. And I just got fucking ruined, right? <sighs> and so I, I got under it. And i swam through it i got the yank and started getting you can't pulled. duck dive
0: those things no, i just no, threw it no no no, no there's, no, no, there's yeah. no there's no avoiding that i don't i don't
2: i don't <laughs> duck dive very like if i can't put my feet on the bottom and jump i'm fucked. <laughs> so anyways so fucking now my leash is pulling 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 pulling, pulling. snap i'm oh, like shit. oh no so i the next probably three or four waves i'm swimming through like again sorry North Shore hard guys like like I'm calling it was 50 foot faces okay maybe that was 12 foot Hawaiian I don't know what the fuck it was but I'm swimming through open ocean swells like barely ducking under top to bottom fucking 80 foot ways as far as I'm concerned and I'm like oh god
0: it's gonna be 200 foot by the end of the story right
2: and so and it definitely was so the set fucking subsides and now I'm out in the middle it's of fucking happen- I, I'm, I, I could out- probably swim over to fucking backyards easily right so I'm starting to swim. And, and again, I would learned. It was like, hey, man, you got to swim into the fucking reef because otherwise that fucking rip. Yeah, going you be done. You see, it's fucking out in the middle of the ocean. So, so I start swimming in towards the normal fucking, you know, where it normally breaks. And luckily, a dude fucking paddles me my board, right? So he picked up my board. It must have gotten blown wow. into the channel. So I'm about halfway in by the time this dude swims my board. And I was just like. Praise fucking jaw, right? So, so, so now I'm kind of in like let's say the normal kind of ten foot takeoff zone, and I'm like, I just got to catch a wave. I don't got a leash. I just got to catch a wave to get the fuck out of
1: here. How long? How long was the
2: swimming part? Oh God, way too fucking long. I, if I say it was ten minutes, it might have been fifteen. But as far as I'm concerned, it was fucking three hours. You know, I'll put it this way: long enough to where I get my board. I kind of paddle back over into just to pick off like a ten footer which is normally about as big as a wave I've normally had ridden at that point. And sure enough, fucking here comes another fucking death up. Oh, closeout. God. Luckily, I was in far enough to where, you know, sunset, it, where it was kind of top to bottom outside, once it fucking hits and it kind of turns into like the biggest fucking reform you've ever seen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a 40-foot wall of white water and a reform that has a slope. So I fucking duck dove and just held my fucking board for the life of me and was purposely kind of letting it blast me Yeah. to where it kind of got me into the reef. And luckily I fucking held on the board for dear life, (laughs) got blown into kind of the Val's reef section, caught maybe a six, eight footer on the inside, kind of pointed straight and just fucking got to the beach. (laughs) And I swear to God, and I think Michael was still on the beach because at that point, everybody had come in. You're like, I'm done. Yeah. But everybody had kind of got washed and it turned into a washing machine. And so he was just laughing at me, but I was really
1: proud of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Never change your flight again, ever, though. Yeah. Well, hey,
2: man, I learned one time, funny, I learned, hey, man, if Uncle Mike says Zon, you fucking go. Uh, you know, like in the realm days, um, when we used to take a house there, one winter it was like me, Donnie, uh, Don Frankenrider, Curran, Snips, O'Connell. Can't, you know, we can't I, talk about the story. Okay. Though. Well, because I was gonna say, when Tom Curran tells you to go, you fucking go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. If Michael Ho tells it, because I was going to say, I had a funny story where Curran tells me to, we we used to do this thing sunset at six, no matter what, 6 a.m. at sunset, 20 foot, one foot, we're serving sunset at six. Yeah. And so so anyways, one day it was kind of stormy 10 foot and we paddle out, oh, you know, me, Pat, Snips, Curran, blah, 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 blah. And uh, we paddle out. And um, it was kind of ugly and eggy and kind of gnarly. And like, you know, I'd served enough sunset to where I I'll do it, but it wasn't the day that I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. Um, and so we've got about three quarters of the way out and a fucking bomb comes and Kearn's like, go GT. And I'm like, OK, I fucking turn go like start to drop and kind of caught my heel edge got pitched over backwards and watched the fucking barrel, like as I'm skipping on my back, feet up, head down, watching the tube go over my head backwards, just got fucking drilled, held down for two fucking ways, where my, my I was wearing like a one mil fucking rash guard, vest, thing, or you know, like a one mil uh, neoprene thing, it got pulled up over my head like hockey style to where now I'm underwater getting thrashed with my fucking thing over my head, like I thought I was gonna fucking drown, I get up and literally poke my fucking head through to just get steamrolled by another one. So at that point, now I'm seeing yellow and I get into the kind of flat water in between valves and the fucking paddling. And I'm like, oh, I fucking better paddle back the fuck out and do this again. Because like, like, A, current, B, like, I'm just, I better get on the horse. Or you get one way, you yeah. over it. Yeah. So I paddle back out. Shit, you fucking not. Took off the fucking next wave, did the same exact fucking thing, what? caught my fucking heel edge, ate shit backwards, fucking got drilled again, went to the beach. I'm like, fuck this surfboard, went to town, went into Haliva. Put it on, sold it on consignment at, at Surf and Sea. And like four or five days later, we were surfing Waimea one day. It was a 7 8. We were surfing Waimea one day. See and I see this Brazilian guy paddle out on it. I'm like, sorry, dude. You're fucking
3: cursed, man. I hope that works
2: better for you than it did for me. You know, so, anyways, so, But I, all I'm saying is, C- to close that aspect of it, if Michael says go, you fucking go. Yeah. If fucking Curran says, says go, you fucking go. And that's, you know... So you're
1: saying I shouldn't ever surf with those guys.
2: You should absolutely <laughs> surf with those guys because you're talking about legends, right? Yeah. Let uh, would go. Yeah, you would. And you have no choice. Um, Now, getting to the contest shit, what was rad about that, through the Triple Crown experience, so I had already spent a bunch of time on the North Shore as just a surfer fucking yeah. fan out, dude. And um, And again, hey man, like... I saw fucking you know the remember the one year I think they ran the Billabong Pro and I think it went from Pipe to maybe Sunset and then Sunset to YMA and then ended up back at Pipe anyways you know this was still at the edge where uh, oh okay so like um uh, Derek Ho's fucking drop the fucking Cool Ocean Water fucking gotcha tube fucking thing yeah the uh Carol's fucking snap yeah. um. I remember I think it was Barton Lynch one one year in a helmet. Maybe it was Aki and it was all the way into the sandbar that was super sick. And this that is when it was, one, was the, when it was Aki one, Yeah, I think sandbar. Aki one that remember it was super heavy but Big, it was making it all the way to the sandbar. West, yep. Yeah. Um, um I'm just but but again like Dudes, I was a fucking fan. Like, yeah, like, yeah. wait, you wait, you want me to talk about this shit? Okay, fucking, no problem. But Jesus Christ, like, don't fucking bother me when this shits on. I can't fucking handle it. You know. Yeah. Um, But I was really fortunate because, again, likewise, I had such a massive amount of respect for those athletes doing such incredible things that, again, I just I felt it was an honor to be able to, to try and pass that
1: on, dude. The I, that career. Path slash occupation. Yep, fun, right? It's puts, crazy. It's, it's well, fun
2: and it puts you in well in it, the spot. It really helped me when we were doing brands and shit. I'm going to tell you right oh, now. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I'd show up at a, I'd show up at Val Surf and they'd be like, dude, fuck, how was that contest? And I'm like, dude, that was rad. Where'd you watch from? I watched from there too. Fuck, that was the sickest thing ever. Yeah. Like it just gave me like Cloud again. And, and well, and I wouldn't. I don't want to say it was. Because if anybody said, oh, where'd you surf today? I'd be like, oh, fuck, I surfed up front. But where'd you surf? I was always interested to hear their story. So so I always tried not to make it about my situation. Because yeah. we were just sharing the fucking stuff. We doing the same yeah, thing. I'm yeah, like, 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 oh, wait, there's a wave in San Pedro? Wait, where the fuck is that? Oh, no, there's not, by the way. But do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. It's like, fuck, man, this is fucking rad. Yeah. But
0: you're seeing monumental, like, But it was fun to come home. And, right. You it you was know, fun to come
2: home. And they were like, because hey, the they were there too. Of, yeah,
1: um, it was industry
2: it it was a lot of fun slash
0: culture
1: slash it was a
2: lot of fun yeah um but i did it as a fan first and so so that really helped my business thing and then if you fast forward to that kind of like that generation of ho to carol to tommy aki and some of those guys stuck around you know aki stuck around a lot longer but then you know like i mean i can i fuck dude i remember the year that kelly was kind of the you know, between Quickserver, OP, and Gotcha, they were all fucking hustling to get Kelly yeah. on their team. Yeah. Like, I remember, I was fucking, I sat on the deck at Yester's frame when they were all
1: fucking haggling over it, right? So crazy. And it was kind
2: of neato, you yeah. know? And and again, like, fuck, man,
1: like... And, I was uh, just thinking, what, what are the most, memorable things, be it a contest, a wave, or like a... Uh, there's a couple. Like yeah. a uh, it'd bang. be hard. It'd
2: be hard. to. If that's like saying, oh, wh- which one of my three kids is your favorite? Like, I love them all, Four right? Of course, Miles. Um, yeah, no, no. Bad, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that's yeah. <laughs> Only because he just walked by.
0: Um, <laughs> I hate it when the kids ask that. Who, I'm not your favorite. so says your favorite. Like, dude, you guys no, are
2: all, um, yeah. no, no, no. That, dude, we all bleed for the same fucking thing. So, I will tell you this. I think, um, you know, those early... The early North Shorey ones of like those the, the Derek Ho tube rides. I mean, fuck, really? And even, you know uh, the the Carol Snap. I mean, that's yeah. that's iconic. Were shit. you announcing? I, I think that was right before. I think yeah. that was right before I got that because that was the Billabong Pro. I was there as a fan. I think for those ones, but I was sponsored by Gotcha, and so anyways, so well, I was there for those. If we if we start thinking about contest announcing, I will tell you this: that you know some of those Andy Kelly. Runs oh my were God. so were, I mean, like, how can you fuck with that? Like, yeah. um, you know, and like, again, Sunny's dominance in that window, yeah. um, um, and you did all three. I did, yeah. Well, the and, first, well, yeah, two. I would do them all, and I loved Haliva as a surf spot. I love Haliva because that to me is the most rippable big wave on that,
1: and oh, you know, it's when it's right, so good. Yeah. it's
2: so good and it's so gnarly, and and um,
1: and so, so, but I'm, the heaviest, like, I mean, not it's not the heaviest, but. Those three spots are so... Uh, They're so different. So different. Yet, and so gnarly in their own way, yeah. you know? I mean... Pipeline has the...
2: But pipe poetry. has the mystique, and it's yeah. the closest fucking to the beach. Like, you can be a tourist and be 100 yards from the death barrel. Like, nothing fucks with that. How, you know? many, how
1: many pipe content... Or how many triple crowns did you... Announce? I must
2: have done 10, maybe 12. Damn. I'll tell you the one... There's one that I didn't do that was the year that um, that... Kelly had the thing locked, stock, and if you remember, I think Andy, Andy, two minutes, three minutes to go. Yeah. And everybody kind of was like, and I think it was a man. if I recall correctly, it was Corey, Rob, Kelly, yeah. and Andy, which is kind of funny that Corey and Andy were boys and Rob and Kelly were boys. Yeah. Yeah. It was, and I, I didn't, for whatever reason, I and didn't get title. To, it wasn't just a pipe. No, it was title. title. And, and for whatever reason, I couldn't do it that year. I can't remember why I didn't get the gig, so I was watching it like everybody else. And um, was a high-five yeah, No, I don't no, think was it was a high-five five one. one. Um, but the point being is, I was super irritated at whoever was announcing it at the time <laughs> because they had kind of totally written Andy off through the whole fucking
1: thing. Oh.
2: And, and I'm not saying that, well, Andy was kind of my guy, but I'm not, I, I, you know, hey, I, I just was always into people doing rad shit. So whatever, I just want a good contest. But that right? place is
0: notorious for last second
2: so wins. So Andy, so they had already fucking predetermined it. Like I said, if it was five minutes left, it could have been two. But the point being is Andy got a fucking left and got the fucking score. He was comboed, got the fucking score. And came right back out, and you know, Pipe, I mean, you're back out there in fucking 30 seconds, yeah. right? He got right back out and fucking backdoored Kelly on the next one and fucking got a, a 12 on a backdoor wave and ended up winning the fucking final. Yeah. And, and Andy went, let's just say Andy was not particularly happy up to about two minutes into the end of that fucking final. Yeah. And when he won, I carried some of that fucking anger to the beach. And it was pretty fucking rad to yeah. see how fucking fired up that son of a bitch was. <laughs> yeah. Because, and I don't mean that in a bad way. No, um, passion. But and, yeah, you know, because but he they, was such, want to win. He was raw. He was yeah, exactly. He was so incredible in that moment. And I'll tell you, when we're on the subject of Andy, I think the other one that clearly is a memory, and there's been a lot. Um, and humbly. Um, well, I can say, before I say the other one with Andy, but this includes Andy too. So there was the J-Bay one between Kelly and Andy
3: Damn.
2: where where and you clearly, were oh yeah, I, I hosted that one. Yeah. Clearly, I thought, don't get me wrong, they both Kelly and Andy had probably served four heats that day. It was a and it got kind of wonky in the afternoon. It was kind of big, and it wasn't great, J Bay, by all means. The day had been, but by the time the final came around, it wasn't that great. It was the white wetsuit, Kelly's white wetsuit, yeah. Yeah. And um He
1: needed a nine something win.
2: Kelly, yeah. And Andy had it. Kelly then got that kind of layback fall thing at the end in the bricks. Yeah. And um and
1: Andy uh, Andy knew he didn't get the score. And
2: we all I think Andy was already on the beach at yeah. that point. Watching. And and um and it was crystal fucking clear to me yeah. that Kelly didn't get the score, in my opinion. Yeah. And that, it's not because I was rooting against Andy or rooting against Kelly and rooting for Andy. I was just like, that wasn't enough. Yeah. Like and, and Kelly's the God damn, I'm gonna probably get beaten by all your fucking followers. Is Kelly's style that it just wasn't good. He was wingy and he was sloppy and he kind of had a recovery and it was kind of like, I mean, I give the last minute heroics of it all, but it wasn't the score.
3: Yeah, and He um, fell.
2: It was a fall. He fell at the end. I thought so. And so, and don't get me wrong where he fell at that tide, at that spot, in the bricks, gnarly as shit, like, fuck, you don't want to be there. Um, But I didn't think he got the score and and the majority of the people I was hanging with at that time, whether they loved Andy or hated him, all thought, Andy got the, yeah. yeah, Andy got it. I, I watched that heat. Yeah, so you don't times, Okay, yeah. so, so how's I this? Think we all have. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so here's a neat fucking factoid for you. So, number one, so yeah, Andy was not fucking hyped. Okay. Number two, I have Kelly's blue jersey that he won in that heat. Wow. So I have that. I have that jersey. How'd you get it?
0: He Dude, it I was, I was <laughs>
2: homie, homie, homie. I got a lot of good, I got, I got a lot of good jerseys. Okay? I bet. Um, but I have, I literally have, not the one that he wore on the podium when it was dry. I have the wet, salty one that Kelly won in that final. Um, anyways, um, and I was always around that shit, so I got it. Whatever. But Kelly. Anyone wants to buy it, right. GT? yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, GT five e's. Hey,
0: did we get that thing signed? <laughs> yeah, I believe I do have it signed. Yeah.
2: Um. um and it's funny because Kelly will argue me how I have it, and I and Kelly's funny about arguing about shit like yeah. that with me. Yeah. But trust me,
0: I have the right jersey. Yeah. Okay. I watched you. Yeah. Switch out, put on a new dry one. Yeah, no, no, here. and I got the wet one. I got the here, wet one. Here, let me switch that yeah, out for yeah. you.
2: Here, let's put on this new one. So, <laughs> so, anyways, but but and uh, and it's funny because that particular year, if I remember correctly, all the airlines went on strike. Okay, and so that contest ended, and everybody panicked to try and get out. Right, and so if I recall correctly, everybody bailed to um, not Johannesburg. Uh, but, 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 I Jordan? can't. Uh, no, 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 no. The airport. Um, it doesn't, uh, fuck, I can't, anyways, there's the local, so you, to get it, not East it, fucking London, anyways, yeah. the point being is everybody bailed to the one local airport to yeah. then, you usually would go from the local airport, fuck, um, and then you end up in Jo'burg, and then you, whatever you're big, Port Elizabeth, Port Elizabeth yeah. thank you very much, god damn that I was like fuck me wait. Oh yeah, Port local Elizabeth. airport,
0: I'm like, what? it's yeah, Port Elizabeth, Do
2: yeah. you know, hour and a half away, whatever yeah. okay, so everybody jammed Port Elizabeth, got out, and then subsequently got stuck for like 2 days in Joburg, right? Yeah. I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to get stuck. I'm staying. Right? The waves fucking went bonkers for those next 2 days oh. and Andy stayed behind. And 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 there's some pretty neat photos from that those days. And it's funny because Andy for those 2 days never let that go, man. Yeah. He was fucking pissed you know what yeah. I mean and I'm not saying he didn't wasn't justified by it no but Andy we saw a little more pep fucking, in his step he was fucking pissed was but he, uh,
1: was he grudge fucking surfing those waves yeah thank you think? that was
2: <laughs> I think the word you're talking about is hate fuck yes <laughs> so anyways so then so then huh, so then which is an easy way to do because it's fro, oh fro, god, fro, god fro. It's, yeah, got, got good. I mean okay really quick uh, the J bay note because usually what comes up is, oh GG, what's your favorite wave on tour that you used to do and all this shit? They're all fucking genius, right? Yeah. But the interesting thing about JBay, what you what the problem with JBay, if there is one and there's not, is that <laughs> the pace of the wave, you
0: You have to go a million miles an hour. You
2: go a million miles an hour, but then unfortunately you fucking outrace the whole goddamn thing. Yeah. So like someone like Joel, or or and respect where respects to someone like Sean Thompson or Kelly. Um, talk, I mean, more, uh, yeah, t- it's all about pace and tempo yeah. there because it's really easy. Like, dude, I've gotten great waves at J Bay, but the problem is, man, it's like you're going 500 miles per hour and you miss the whole goddamn thing yeah. because you got to know when to make your marks to slow it down and get in the spot. So it's yeah. all about pace and tempo. Um, I'll tell you, the other person, pace and tempo that blew my fucking mind, I, I announced at a contest I didn't call was Felipe Toledo that one year. Oh my God. Uh, like, talk about just blow the lid off. Untouchable. Like, anyways, so the other thing about Andy, that I'm really, really proud to have been there for was his last win at Chopu. Um, he had come back. We all know some of the struggles he had had prior to that. Um, when he had come back, he was a little overweight, a little pasty, a little funky, um, but was appreciative. Like he had a bit of a lease, you know, he like, he wasn't the same Andy, both physically, but mentally he was, a it was pretty rad. Yeah. Um, and as someone who hung out with him a fair bit through a lot of his different phases, um, it was neat to see him like that. Yeah. And so when that year, when he, when that year at Chopes, fuck, I think the final was like two foot pooey. You know, it was, yeah. it was, don't get me wrong, there were some great waves that year in that window. And I remember Manoa's Reef right up above Chopes, like they were got Hall of Fame waves. Everybody got fucking cover shots off of it. But by the time the final came around, it was pretty pooey. And I can't remember. God, did Andy have like Bruno Santos or something in that thing? But anyways, he had kind of a funky draw to where I'm like, oh, damn, man, Andy, you made it this far. And this guy by rights could probably win because it's not like, oh, my God, it's that fuck. Nobody's better at chopu than Andy when it's when it, when it But when it
0: is smaller, it benefits the regular or the goofy the, 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 the goofy footer front Somebody
2: who can just do some yeah.
0: turns, right? Yeah,
2: and, and it was a turny day. And when Andy fucking won that thing, I've got to be honest with you. I can only imagine it was like when I when I get my you know had my first kid or something. Yeah. he was so freaking ingratiated and rad and and it I could just see it really had a profound meaning yeah. for him after everything he won. I'm not saying that this might have been his in his memoirs that that was his best win, but I know genuinely haven't been around him that i would probably never seen him as authentically and radly and emotionally vicariously. Cathartically, like it was, it, it was, was so. It was pretty win. rad. It was fucking sick as fuck. Yeah. Um. You know. Hey, Bobby Martinez. I think it was Mundaca. One of those was pretty rad. Um. Uh, John winning. Uh, Brazil was pretty rad the one time. So um. Did, did uh, did, not,
1: but did nothing you have a contract with WSL. No. 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 Okay. Obama so right. I'll t- So
2: here's what's funny about that. So because uh, this works perfectly, as I was gonna say. But probably the one. Well, there's two actually, but they both revolve around Chopu. The first one was the Code Red bit. Okay, like that Code Mm -hmm. Red. swell. I I've gone, I've probably been to Chopu ten times, I'm guessing, and uh, seen a lot of different faces. And the I was really lucky because the family that I stay with, uh, Peva Levy, he has he his house is probably if not the first house one of the first house out on the up on the point uh, not on the point sorry uh, out, out at Chopu uh, not, um, this, on the on the Papayete side of the river and um, and so I stayed with him a number of years and um, and from his front yard you can look directly into it you know it's a long paddle from his place but you can look directly into it and when the Code Red thing was coming we all knew a couple of days in advance that it was going to be significant that's Jay Lars phone right there Night Rider damn you Jay Dude, come on. I got my phone on silent, bruh. <laughs> so anyways, we all knew that swell was coming. And there was a lot of talk about Jean DeMarie closing the lineup and nobody could surf and none of the billabong skis could go in the lineup. And there was all, it was, you know, it was going to be everything it was. So and wait, they they were gonna They were gonna close the line like so they were not gonna allow boats in the water, any surfing, like it was significant. This was the swell of the century, and they, they everybody didn't want anybody, so they nobody and certainly anything related to the contest, they were like, We can't condone this shit, right? Behind the scenes, you know, liabilities and all that shit. Yeah. And I understand why. Um and so leading up to it. Um, you know Peva's house is always really abundant with skis and watercraft and shit. We had pulled everything out of the water. We knew it was what was going to come, and sure enough, that morning it it was there. And um, um, I mean, fuck. I remember we put the first ski in the water, and. If if you know Chopu, it's kind of okay. So there's a reef pass, right? So the Chopu sits out in the corner of a reef pass, and then there's kind of like a a, a a barrier reef that that protects like the houses and shit with an inner inner coastal in between the barrier reef and where Pevis' house is, and that's usually tranquil flat water, just beauty, like fucking. Well, that particular morning, there was probably about a 40 fucking knot current going through the inner out towards Chopu, right? And um, so we dropped the first ski in the water and and I remember i think i was i think I jumped on it, and I literally had to keep it going like you know twenty thirty miles per hour just to keep it in place because it was such a current going Wow, so we got the skis in the water, and I think so I was. Wait.
1: Did you wake up and get on the jet ski to go surfing? Fuck no! no. <laughs>
0: fuck, fuck, triple. Did they forecast this as well? But did they know it was going to be this? They big? knew it was
2: going to be a Macker. They weren't sure how consequential it was going to be. So, anyways, so I think me and Garth, who I know you've had on your show, Tarlow, I think I was with Garth on the back of the ski in the first part of the morning. And, um, and so Garth was driving, which I was perfectly fine with, um, and I think I had like my Canon G9 or something in my hand. So I was shooting photos off the back, and I mean I got some incredible photos, um, you know. So 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 the one f- the the uh, um, okay so a couple standouts of that was Maya Gabriela catches like a you know um, who was it was it Carlos Burley whoever her ski driver was. Rips her into a uh, 10 footer, which I would have had no part of, by the way. Okay, so I'm giving her credit for going on a oh, 10 footer.
3: Yeah.
2: Except to say that she ate shit and behind it was like, okay, whatever. Again, Hawaiian, what do you want to call it? I don't know. They were calling it 15 foot. I'm telling you, the fucking 30 foot chopu waves. Okay, like, <laughs> like, like I can show you photos on my phone. Like, you tell me how big it is. Like, like, the and as ocean. thick as it was. Yeah, I just, fuck. So Maya got fucking killed, right? And, and she unfortunately got washed. And it was like where they normally have the tower and it's kind of, you know, like goes from dry to four inches of water. It was a fucking flood over the fucking reef there. And luckily she got blown over. But what was weird was Burleigh didn't shoot in and go grab her. And um, right away, like let's say she got hammered on the first one. He didn't go in because, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure I would have either because it was
3: fucking,
2: like, you know, the whole fucking ocean was unloading on it. So at one point we were kind of off to the side and... um and um, Poto, uh, Vitea David was on a ski with a board and fins ready to go out. And he literally, like, GT, and he threw me his fins and his board. He shot in and fucking saved her at fucking life. Wow, grabbed her. She gets pulled back out and she's bleeding from her ears, maybe her eyes, kind of white, like borderline. And I'm pretty sure they. I'm not saying she would have died, but she was not in a good fucking way. Yeah, which they got her out of the water, and, and Podo deserves a lot of fucking credit for saving her ass. Um, the other one of that session was in a back-to-back. Um, well, it's funny.
0: Okay, so at one point I can't and, remember. And, and guys, even like going consistently on waves. One hundred
2: percent. Like I think whatever. it was Lori Towner. Um, like, I think um 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 Lori Towner, Dylan Longbottom. Um, I remember Ramona got one early, but ate it on another one, so he kind of was out of the game.
1: Is that when uh, Nathan was going? Okay, do- you
2: just thank Nathan. you, cue fucking Nathan. So Bruce, mind you, Nathan. Na- yeah, Bruce lost his shorts on yeah. that session. So I can't remember. Garth might have still been driving. I might have been at that point by myself. I can't remember, but I think I was by myself at that point on the ski. So I was driving ski by myself, and. Um, and so so and like CJ Hobgood sitting out there just on a board sitting in the channel It wasn't riding waves but he was on a board you know like like anyway there's a whole peanut fucking gallery out there not the yeah. same level of peanut gallery that normally is there but anyways yeah. at one point I'm putting around like saying good morning fuck and there's fucking Nathan and like you know like CT dudes were there and I'm like Nathan what the fuck are you doing here he's like oh dude I was I was like honeymooning with my old lady I'm Maria and we heard the swell so I'm fucking over here he's like dude were you tow me into one and I looked at him and I'm like are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah. Like, dude, I'm not even qualified to fucking be,
3: like, <laughs> sitting so I on the this, you, yeah, like, like, this like This thing is, stays in the channel. Like, I'm That's like,
2: it. Yeah, I'm like, homie, you're welcome to sit on the back of my fucking sled right now just to get out of the water. But I'm not fucking towing you in on fucking one. What the fuck are you out of Here, your Yeah, what am I going to do? Like, like, dude, yeah, it? Like, like, dude, not a chance. And holy hell. And we laughed. And and again, if we ever get to it, Nathan and I were in a band together at one point, pretty good friends along the way. So so it was fun to reminisce, like, dude, what are you doing here? And Nathan's all, you know, ah, oh, yeah, um, super thoughtful, fucking, you know, stern thinker guy, you know. So, anyways, um, so I think as I'm talking to him, I think it might have been Makua. Somebody pulled up on a ski and was like, Oh, you want a fucking whip? Okay, I'll fucking give you one. And um, so anyways, so off goes Nathan.
1: Maybe and
2: and I'm on the channel ski, and so maybe ten minutes fucking later, like clearly the biggest fucking set of the morning was coming. No joke, man. Like I was scared as fuck, and I was on the ski, so I start fucking putting out well before anybody else. Like I'm like I ain't getting fucking tangled up in this shit, so I start fucking gassing it, and one hand with the fucking finger, the other I had my G9 in my hand. And fucking uh, Alex Gray gets... I think if I recall the order when Alex went first, I think Nathan went second. And I apologize. Any of you fucking historians, if I get it backwards, trust me, I was there. I got the photos to prove it. But the point being is, I think Alex won on the first one. It just got a ginormous one. Okay, like... like, Yeah, and he made it. And it that was the one that made a cover of about 8,000 fucking max, right? Damn. And it was incredible, okay? And good for Alex, I don't really know him, but he always seemed like a good timey guy. And good for him, you know. Like, not
1: bad for a kid from the South Bay.
2: Jesus fuck. yeah, from a closeout, you know, whatever. Yeah. So then on the next one, I kind of was like skiing, kind of trying to shoot the photo, like, like, oh fuck, oh fuck. And all of a sudden I realized it's fucking Nathan. And his might have been bigger. And he kind of was running it and then kind of got troughed out and kind of sucked up. But he kind of lost it in the blowback. Like, he kind of almost had it.
3: Yeah.
2: And just ate shit. It
3: ate him.
2: So fucking bad. Oh yeah. God. Like, and I, I, again, like again, I can show you the photos yeah. on my phone because yeah, that was one thing I uploaded. An oil tanker inside that thing. And so, I mean, I got goosebumps. You're
0: like, I so, think my friend is dead.
2: So, anyways, and I'm like, oh, my God, Nathan. And Fuck Nathan he got fucking so worked it blew him but instead of fucking blowing him to the bottom it blew him straight off the back that dude shot out the back like a cannon and and escaped his you know escaped his face sorry did i just knock the microphone off no, you're um, i'm getting all excited oh god so anyways so Nathan out of everybody and people i must admit there's probably a lot more fails than makes oh, especially sure. on the bombs that day um but jesus christ Nathan gets blown out the back unscathed don't get me wrong, his board's now up over the reef, like, you know, uh, on the other side of the tower. Yeah. And so Nathan kind of comes swimming over. He's like, hey, man, can you get my board? I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind, dude? Like, <laughs> I'm not going in there. Like, but it was so cute because Nathan's just so like, dude, I'm just like, I'm, like, I'm and- like, oh my God, I'm going to call Harry and just tell him that you fucking should have died, but you didn't and you're my fucking hero. And oh my God. He's like, and- I'm going to go get another one. Straight into it, right? <laughs> and then, right shortly thereafter, I don't think it was the same set, but that's around the same time that Bruce lost his shorts and all that kind of. And it was super fun, and and for how gnarly it was, how it's just crazy. And so, so, but but I must admit, like um, I can't give everybody the credit credit credits due because anybody. I remember Julian who was on tour at that time because he's lot the only
0: of, one that oh, on the forty four that and, went
2: and, out, and and he did it. On like his six eight without straps or something. I remember. What? Yeah, like he didn't do it on a tow board. He did it on his he towed in by yeah, him on his regular on head. his regular board. And it was funny because all the tour guys were like, "Who's gonna do it? Is Kelly gonna do it?" And all the tour guys were like, "Like, okay." So the the house we were staying at Pevas, um, Garth and Jordy stayed in the front house there, and and Garth was like, "Team orders, you are not fucking hitting the water." Like yeah. any any good manager would be like. Dude, you are not allowed to fucking surf today, right? Yeah. So, anyways, We're paying so, you too much. Well, and, and, and Jordy was kind of in the hunt at that time. Yeah, well, I think, you need to surf the event. Yeah, I think Jordy ended up fucking himself up um, in that contest. And it's a bummer because he was it, making his way through his hip or his rib, shoulder or his he got ribs, ribs or something. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was a pity because he was surfing pretty good that event. Um, and, and literally, I think, I had to leave mid heat and, and you know, obviously. But I will tell you this so then that was the Code Red Day. Which is absolutely incredible, and if anybody ever wants to see the photos again, DM me. I'll send you a couple because they're incredible. Where did you need those photos? Um, and then, so then, um, but I, the thing about it was, then the next day when it kind of fell off, they were running the contest again. When I say fell off, it was still fucking ten foot fucking <laughs> chopu, like twelve foot chopu. was not just wasn't it code gets, anymore. It was just not good red. <laughs> and I remember wh- whoever the first heat was, I believe um, was it Hayari. Anyways, there was a super ripping Tahitian surfer that had made it through. It wasn't Manoa. I think it was Hayari. But anyways, fucking one of the raddest dudes out there. I remember he had the first heat that morning and it was fucking pumping. And he was riding a big fucking board, like way bigger than anybody ever I'd seen at Chopu ride. And and they were all kind of dodging sets and it was for him, For me to see him kind of dodgy, I was like, ooh, this is going to be a heavy day. And I think it was the second heat that Ace fucking was in it. If it wasn't the second, it was the third. Ace was in it, and Ace fucking nailed one. And, and I love Ace. He's such a rad fucking did he human win being. That one? No. no, I we did did win a yeah. he did win Chopu once yeah. though. Um, but he said it and that opened it all up. After he got the one, it kind of paved the way that everybody all of a sudden went. You yeah. know what I mean? But I remember that morning. I was like, Ace had a total eye opener paddle in. And, um, and good for Ace, that everybody else, when they're like, oh, okay, I guess it's doable. You know what I mean? Um, but the Chopu experiences, hands down. And again, you asked me, okay, was I working for WSL or Billabong? No, I worked for Billabong. I did all the Billabong events. At that time for the WSL, and this will play into a bit of the tail end of this, is I worked for Billabong at that time, or I didn't work for Billabong. I worked for Von Zipper, but Billabong hired me to do their webcasts as one of their commentator, reporters, whatever. And, um, and so, it was rad because Billabong had Pipeline, J-bay. Madaka, J-Bay, Chopu, and Brazil. Anybody want to sign me up? Like, okay. Yes. Like, this yeah. doesn't That's suck. Incredible. Okay. I mean, throwing Fiji and I would have been fucking, you know. Oh, I'll take that back. Snapper? Fuck, I'll do it. What? Hmm. Uh, France? Okay. Like, they're in yeah. a spot on tour. Dream, I would, dream, my, dream tour. Yeah, yeah. Like, whatever. Okay, let's go. Um, so, anyways. So, Chopu. So... Hmm. So the year that Kelly made the final, and again, I apologize if Which I'm year? getting he won right. like 10 he won, Okay. But he <laughs> won it the year that, I think it was CJ. It might have been Damon, but one of the Hobgoods in him. And then CJ, I, th- I believe it was CJ. <laughs> That's when he drank his beer. CJ, <laughs> CJ I think dislocated his shoulder or yeah. something during the final, and it left Kelly out alone. Yeah. And so, and at that point, I think Kelly already had a 10, and then CJ got hurt. And if anybody was gonna beat Kelly on that roll, it could have been CJ. Um so so Kelly had already probably had a 10 at that point. And it's funny because so I was I was the reporter dude from the boat, and they were calling it from the tower. Well, at one point in my little headset thing, they're like, DT, we lost comms to the tower. You gotta to call it from the boat. Like we're live, it's the final. Call it from the boat. And in that angle, we were and trust me. Like I, it was kind of fun that we were always the furthest in boat in the line of boats on that little buoy line that they stretch out there, which also made for some pretty entertaining times. Like, am I should I jump off this right now because this could fucking get weird, right? Yeah, and it was pumping, you know. It was, uh, you know, by, it by was way, about it's at six to eight
0: foot. Yeah.
2: And this wasn't. I don't think this was the Code Red year. This predates Code Red. I think this was like probably two thousand six, two thousand seven. Gloomy,
0: overcast, and oil glass. Exactly. That and, was the yeah.
2: year that Bruce. That the first heat of the day was big and gnarly, and Bruce was comboed and came from behind yeah. and and got out of combo and won his heat. And then that afternoon, it turned into fucking dream you know yeah. like every afternoon Chopu gets that golden light and the wind goes just right but and it's got a little smaller so it might have been 68 foot by Chopu standard like no normal person would want to surf it that big but they were fucking eating it up and so oily you know just per- so anyways so at that point they call me Kelly's CJ might have been out of the water at that point or I might have reported that CJ just got taken away because he had an injury and Kelly's now in the water by himself and I'm calling the heat because um, the tower's gone, and Kelly gets his next one, and again gets another fucking ten. And I'm just like lost the shit. He's they, out there by himself for like th- 25, yeah, 30 yeah, minutes. Exactly. It was he, the better yeah. balance of the heat. Like yeah. if it was a forty minute heat, he had thirty minutes by himself, right? So, so anyways, so he he gets his second ten. And any of you guys remember this and probably don't, but whatever, I'm yelling on the thing. You're a fucking freak, you fucking weirdo. Like complimentary weirdo freak. Shit.
0: But you didn't know yeah. you mic'd up.
2: And, and I knew full well. Okay. <laughs> and so Kelly comes paddling by our boat. And I can't remember, maybe it was Chris Benz, one of the Aust- Australian Surfing Life reporter or somebody, t- fucking hands him a beer. Yeah. And I'm just, and Kelly and I are kind of mates. So I'm like egging him on and fuck yeah, nah, whatever it was. Kelly fucking puts the fucking beer in his mouth and like paddles it like the tab under his teeth and the lower lip, you know, like, so he's paddling now with with a beer in his fucking mouth out to the spot and the whole, you know, it was a idyllic day, so the channel's probably never been more full than it was. 300 people sitting on floaties and surfboards and pan up battle boards and boats and, you know, it's just on, big oh, boobs, cost, little yeah. boobs, cross-eyed people, whatever. And um, Kelly fucking rolls into the West Bowl. And fucking, cra- you know, cracks the fucking thing. Turns around and first of all, I don't even know how the motherfucker caught, away with caught the like, wave with the beer in his mouth. Yeah. Then he makes the bottom on a. Fu- it wasn't. It wasn't the how I surfed Joe Poo. like the chip spot, chip shot into the south bowl and then slingshot your way into the west bowl. He took off on the he west the bowl. Day, fully barreled. <laughs> fully barreled, fucking knocks the thing back in the tube, and I'm like, that motherfucker <laughs> just got a fucking forty, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Just the all-time thing, and so it's funny because so Kelly, in my opinion, Kelly got a forty in that heat. I, th- I think there was four waves that were tens in that Yeah. Heat. And, and and the beer wave was probably a twenty in my eyes. So because I just love that shit, right? And so so after the contest again, I don't want to say the wrong thing, because I think I got that jersey, and I think I also got in an argument with Kelly about it. Okay? <laughs> but anyways, so so anyways, so. After the event, this was the time that Rabbit was hosting or was the president of the tour, um, WSL or whatever. So it might have still been the ASP at that point. I don't fucking know. But the point being is, yeah, it must have been ASP. So Rabbit's the press, and Rabbit was kind of a mate. And so yeah. we're having some beers after the, the event, and he's like, fuck GT, I watched that event. That was fucking all time, dude. You fucking, blah, 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 blah. Paying me a lot of compliments from somebody who I absolutely adore and, yeah. and respect. Legend. And, um, and and he's like, GT, you have to do every event on tour. And uh, I'm like, I'm like, wow, Rabbit, that is so neat. But number one, you can't pay me enough. Yeah. Number two, I got a day job. Number three, I got three kids. Number four, I can't be on tour 10 months of the fucking year. Like right. It's just not going to be. But I said, I'll be honest with you, PT. Because this was at a time that Billabong would do four, Quick would do two, Ripko
0: would do a couple. Yeah. Call me when you need me. Right.
2: Uh, and I'm like, but I've got to be honest with you, PT, I, or PT, um, Rabbit. I gotta be honest with you. I do think that if you really wanted to elevate the game of the webcast thing, it would be great to have one crew do all the events. And this was in like 2006 or 2007, yeah. which is subsequently what um, the it World Series League ended yeah, up doing, yeah. which I think is the right thing to give it continuity. Hey, I'm a basketball fan, so like I, you're like, hey man, the, you know if it's um, you know if it's Reggie Miller and um, Chris Harlan calls all the West Coast games. There's but continuity brilliant. in their yeah. call, you know, and so, so at that point, um, um, that was, that, I guess, to, for the surf contesty thing, that one really stands out just because, again, I, and like I said, I, I, think I handed Kelly a few of his titles, and that wasn't he didn't get a title there. He ended up, I think, winning it that year, but, um,
1: but. Yeah, yeah, maybe, and, I, and
2: and you know what? Here's the fucking funniest thing. Like, being around all those dudes, okay, like, like again, I, w- I was always, uh, and I give credit to Kelly that when I first started hosting the tour on the regular, Kelly and I had been friends since he first showed up staying at O'Connell's house during the NSA days and stuff, that, and he was Serpent Creek, so I got to know him when he was probably 12 or 13. Um, Kelly, Kelly really made it easy for me because we were homies, And so whenever, and I interviewed him a lot because he always won uh, every heat, every time, whatever. And so all the other surfers really saw how much fun I was having with Kelly. So I think it lowered everybody's guard. Yeah. To one, you know, like again, I didn't know Mick prior to doing the tour, but me and Mick became best mates and Mick's a fucking rad guy. Yeah. And and he loved it that, I, like, don't get me wrong. I, I Here's how I process that shit. When I was the reporter guy and I know fucking people always go, ah, GT's gay and GT's this. and Oh my God, look at his outfit or whatever. Um, look, I always did look at that a little bit as entertaining in the sense that, that okay, <clears throat> Ronnie Blakey, who I think does an exceptional job. Ronnie... And whoever, Ronnie and Snips or whoever was doing it at that time, they were fucking great. But they were eight hours a day like, oh, okay, heat one, blah, 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 blah. So they had their thing. And I figured by the time you got to me, like, hey, man, let me, like, we're not fun, right? Yeah. Let's blow some sunshine up some people's ass, yeah. you know? And, <laughs> and at the same time... Um,
0: yeah, you're getting emotional. I,
2: yeah, let me, um, um, someone like... Um, um, i'm trying to i'm just trying to pick out somebody anybody on that tour is fucking great um someone like um glenn hall who might not win many heats if he got a fucking chance to talk to me i'm gonna let him fucking shine you know what i mean yeah so so my point being is this was their two minutes to fucking at least give some love right yeah so my whole thing was always like don't get me wrong if if you know like if ace bucking did some fucking rad tactical move in the heat, I'd like to think I always caught it, okay? Because yeah. I kind of was a student of the game, okay? I'm not saying I'm qualified to carry anybody's jersey walking to and from the beach, but I understood it strategically. Yeah. And I was around smart people like Snips and Dino and you know, and Ace Bucket to have an understanding, Kelly or Paddle. Like, I was around those guys well enough to know some tactics, all yeah. right? And, and at the same time, though, so I would always pick that up, but I was always tried to do a follow-up that would allow them to personality out, whatever it was. If I knew Glenn Hall was into rugby, oh, hey, man, how'd your rugby team do? Or whatever. And I remember one time, um, Ace, it might have been when he won Chopu. Ace fucking wins Chopu. And I'm like, so Ace, you know, um, um, so you grabbed his leash and you won the, you know, Lance Burkhardt (laughs) in his ass and won the contest. Whatever I asked him, and it was a tactical move, whatever he did. And Ace just went into this just furled eyebrow brain scientist explanation, which was spot the fuck on, all right?
0: Like- Very calculated. Like super rat. Yeah,
2: (laughs) And so he went through this whole super gnarly calculation thing, and I looked at him, and I was a little dumbfounded by it, to be honest with you. And I looked at him, and I'm like, Ace, has anybody ever told you you have the greenest eyes? (laughs) And he fucking died, I died, And Ace and I were homies enough to where I could call that. And I'm sure every message board, the history of message board fucking called me out as a, as, and I am... I'm, with, yeah, yeah, I'm perfectly fucking cool with yeah. any sexuality <laughs> someone cares? wants to call me as. I got three kids, whatever. But I've just became a gay guy, you know. Yeah. And and you know what? Fine, I'm comfortable with being gay. I'll carry my old lady's purse. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, but it's just funny because then you got all these old carpy fuckers, all like, oh my god, did you hear that? He's <laughs> a gay dump. Look what he's wearing. And duh. It's like, dude. Didn't we show up to surf because we're all gonna have some fun? Yeah, yeah. and that was my whole thing, and and it always just disappoints me, even to this day. Like when I see this stuff, and at this point, I'm a man. I'm a civilian, so I don't got any skin in the game. I'm just a fan. But when I see all this shit, hold on, don't don't stop me. When I see all these son of a bitches like writing off the tour because they can't pull something off because of COVID. I'm like, shame on you. Yeah. Like, do you not have anything better to do than than not? Like, why would you cheer against it yeah. rather than like, hey, dude, I'm not going to lie. Surf contests were never like the most important thing to me in surfing. All right. But do I think it's important to have a world champion? Hell yeah. 100%. Yeah. It legitimizes what we do and it legitimizes, it legitimizes it those, incredible, those incredible athletes deserve everything they freaking get. Yeah.
0: This okay. is the bar.
2: But but do I is that what motivates me to surf at this point in my life? Hell no. no. But but do I do I think that somebody deserves to be a champ? Hell yeah. And do do I want Pat O'Connell's ex job to try and determine how to get everybody from freaking California to Brazil to to Australia and not let everybody get the COVID? Hell no. Like that's complex, man. Like give them a fucking Great, yeah. God damn, it just bums me up and again, write me off, guys, but but it's just like, dude, can you just cheer for it rather than ride against it absolutely amen yeah, and
1: amen, yeah, amen. And, and,
2: and it just bums me out because um because listen, man, like I said, that, hey man, surfing one foot salt creek that, I'm not thinking about world titles, okay, by all means, so so anyways um and and by the way, really quick on the on the world title thing, the other rad part about all those spots. I always got really good waves. So <laughs> I so, was just gonna and, say and, I hope that I hope you got Because right. when the cuts go down, are we gotta get cut off? Episode, yeah. episode. one. Oh god. Episode one. Okay, can I give you one? Yeah. Okay, because we're on Chopo. So what was rad was every fucking every every contest, right, depending on the waiting period, okay, a lot of the times like, oh shit, we'd run the first couple rounds in the first half of the two-week waiting period. Yeah. And then, oh shit, it's gonna be flat for three days. And then they'd run in the back after the waiting period. And I prayed for those. Yeah. Because, because A, let me Get vacation for two weeks in a yeah. sick-ass spot and go game reserves in South Africa. Or go fishing and fucking boating around in Tahiti or whatever. Or Bilbao, go to the museums or whatever. But also, that first cut, you know, they cut down. Like, I would always hope, hey, run to the quarters and then let's have a break. Because then there's only like eight dudes left.
0: Yeah. Everybody else. Dude, to next and right they're all gone. Yeah.
2: And and every local spot, it's like as soon as the tour comes down, they're all hiding out for that fucking two week window. They're, you know, nobody's trying to get waves off the pros. A couple guys might be, but for the most part, the lineups are always empty. And you're like, oh fuck, okay. Yeah. And so so I kind of had a tendency to score Secret some waves perks. here and there. Yeah. And uh, and one year, huh, so one year we're at Chopu, and um, this was actually after the event. We're, one year after the event. I'm staying at Pevis house, and most of the time when the event ends, I'm going to tell you right now. I pull the parachute, man. I'm like, pack the boards. I'm at the airport. I'm fucking out, right? And so so the waves again, the waves went off. It was kind of eh, four to eight feet maybe. Um, and it ended in idyllic conditions. And the final was over. I can't remember what year it was, but it was just beauty. And so the event ends and I get back to the Pevis house. And I'm already packing up my boards. And, um, and Julian... Was like the Red Bull ski was at the house, so Julian was like, "Hey, GT, I'm gonna go surf chubs. You want to go?" Change your flight. And I, and I had no, I hadn't, <laughs> I, and I hadn't put my 6'8 away yet. And I was like, "I think the fins were still out. I'm like, "Fuck yeah, I'll go." So we get out. Me and Julian. All right, we gotta cut it. Oh, we go. You gotta, gotta hear this, it. okay? Because we're, this is like my, gonna, my claim of come, fame. Yeah, here's my claim of fame. So we get out. Okay, you can cut it wherever you want. So You can regroup it, but. We get out to the buoy line, and the lineup's fairly packed, and it's going off. And I'm talking everybody, and your boy, Brett Simpson, probably will remember this. Simpo to Kelly to Dorian to Gabriel to Noodles Webster to Ramon on the inside on a ski. You name it. Anybody who was left in town was out, okay? And so Julian pulls up to the buoy line, and I'm like, hey, do you want me to tie it off? like? usually if I'm the passenger, I'll jump off and just tie it off. And he's like, no mate, go right ahead. So I jump off and, and it was like South Runners with a combination of a West Bowl wave. And so, huh, so I paddle out and I'm like, oh yeah, what's up? And, uh, and I could tell there was some tension and lineup. And I remember, I think Simpo was yelling at Kelly cause he kept on catching all the waves and it was kind of funny. And I was like, oh, I thought they were kind of friends and like, you know, it was just kind of funny. There was some tension going on, right? And then again, there was like, you know, three waves to a set and maybe a couple swing wide. So it wasn't a lot. But when they came, it was fucking dreamy. Like, I remember Klaus, um, uh, Jared House was... Anyways, so I paddled out and I'm like, oh, what's up, boys? Okay, right. And 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 there was a bigger part of the group was sitting on the west side of it, which I'm not capable of taking off in the middle of. So I always kind of chip shot, go, went for the high point chip shotters, right? Huh. So I paddle all the way out to the fucking top, almost to the edge of the tower, which is my little lineup marker, and I kind of found this little empty spot, right? Like oh, I had about ten foot radius or twelve, you know, I had a little bit of zone. So I'm like, okay, if something comes, maybe I got a little spot here. And sitting outside me, maybe by that ten yard radius, was Noodles Webster, if you remember that guy.
3: Yeah.
2: Okay, so Noodles and I, and at that point he wasn't on tour; he was just there. who knows why he was there, but he was there. And so. Sure enough, fucking... I could not have sat there for more... And I'd say, hey, what's up, Noodles? Okay, whatever. I couldn't have sat there for more than three minutes. And poof, here comes the set, right? And I'm like... Right to you. I'm like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. And Noodles had the spot. Like, I, by all means, had nothing... He like, was, yeah. was like, like, like was it was his split. And so, he Noodles paddling. And I would have put a hundred dollars on it. He was going to catch it. He misses. fucking misses it. So, at the last minute, I spun. And like... Dude, like caught the fucking thing. And luckily, like I said, it's kind of the chip shoddy section. But by all means, any wave around here that I've ever dropped into is way heavier than that. But the point being is it wasn't like a full West Bowl airdropper, you know. But it kind of was for me because I'm slow and fat and old. Yeah, got in. So I get in. And right as I'm dropping in, Medina is on the fucking shoulder. Like just, you know, again, 10 yards down. I call off Medina like, you know, like whatever I fucking said. (laughs) Barely make it to the bottom. Like kind of airdropped it. Kind of grabbed the rail. Kind of like got to the bottom. And I'm like, oh shit, what do I do now? And I just kind of set the rail and kind of went straight. And got fucking barreled across the whole fucking spot. Right? Yes! And so, so, and I'm talking. And I seem to recall maybe I should embellish this a little bit. And I do believe it's true. That maybe I think I caught the third wave of the set actually. Because I think, because I came shooting out of the fucking tube. Got spit out. Full blown, I gotta and again, so so I'm riding through the tube like feeling like it's Larry Moore shooting from the water back in the day. There's cameras everywhere. And so I come flying out of the tube straight to Ramana on his ski and he's like, Fuck that shoot, GT, like we're all fucking shit. <laughs> and so Shane and Kelly, I think, caught the first two waves and they saw it and they're like, Holy shit, GT, what the fuck? That's right. Insane. And it might have been a six foot chopu wave, who the fuck was
3: it's certainly like is. the
2: heaviest fucking barrel I'd had in a while. And so, so, so so I come pounding back out and I'm all, to the photographers I'm paddling by, I'm like... Get Yo that. dudes, anybody, hey, GT, I'm paying. Whoever got that fucking shot, GT. I'm in. GT at Vonzipper.com, fucking nail me, man. Cause I will name your fucking price. Right? Yeah. And I'm sure they're like, who's this fat guy? Can barely get to his feet. I'm not shooting this shit. You know. But anyways, and I'm paddling by and Simpo's all like, oh fuck, you know, like he's all pissed, everybody's pissed. Julian comes paddling back out and he's like, comes up to because I paddle right back out to, to kind of where I was sitting by noodles. And Julian comes out and I was like, fuck GT, I cannot fucking believe you got that way. <laughs> And we're all fucking laughing about it, right? <laughs> and sure enough, about five minutes fucking later kind of same situation I get another deep one this time though I kind of sawed off Leo Favarati
3: <laughs>
2: which at that time he was probably a 14 year old Grom but here's the thing I couldn't not go I was committed yeah. and, I, and he you was already, deeper you but I, got the frost feeling I, I, you know, I right. couldn't not go I'm going and, and I felt so bad because he was a nice kid I just met him on that trip and, but, but at that point I couldn't have pulled out like I, yeah. I, I had to go so oh, I, you snaked him? <laughs> I didn't mean to
1: <laughs> alright we, we gotta cut it off yeah okay yeah.